That's your artistic interpretation, Jab. No one can take that from you. <laughs> no, they cannot. The Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I am Josh Poland. And I am Jeff Burns. And we are going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Uh, this be a game episode, and we're digging into a dandy today, Super Mario 2 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, emulation disclosure, I emulated on my Switch, actually, on the Nintendo Online thing, and I assume you did Nestopia on PC, yes? Yeah, I just did the regular. Right. Uh, I did use, though. I guess this is worth disclosure too. I did use back issues of Nintendo Power that would have been oh. <laughs> that would have been available to us. Okay. Uh, which was uh, funny. I actually, there's there was two. I I had forgotten about the second half that was in issue two, but eventually, until basically until after I got past where it went. So I really only used the first issue, but. Anyways, that was helpful nonetheless. Uh, and I would like to apologize for my raspy gravel, uh, gra- raspy gravelly voice, and the Buffalo Bills that caused it, uh, mm-hmm. particularly for such a historic game. But what are you going to do? That's life. <laughs> uh, what are you playing, Jeb? Um, funny enough, I started playing. Uh, well, I'm still playing the Outer Worlds, although I, I'm a little. Yes, uh, tell me about it. I'm a little not as enamored with it as I had hoped I would be. Yeah, dude. I looked at the trailer and I did not. I didn't like how colorful it was. It bothered me. I a don't. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the problem with like what I in theory that I want is I know that I don't want it, and that is like if you go back and look at Fallout Three, it's all green, and it's actually like a really it didn't age well if you ask me. Um, and you go back and look at like Fallout New Vegas, it's all brown, and like it's okay, but again, it didn't age well. Um. But I think that's so, kind of that's the to me like it's the whole world is charred, you know. Like it should right. be everything should be the luster should be gone, I guess, you know. Yeah, but I think Fallout 4 actually did kind of hit <clears throat> that nice in between. And I think all they really did was put in a blue sky and it kind of just made it work a little bit. Uh-huh. Um I don't mind the the color so much. It's like the I don't have as much investment in the world because it's not real. You know, like Fallout takes place in the real world. Right, and you can say, yeah. like, oh, yeah, Boston was bombed in 2076 or whenever right. the bombs went off. So the and lore, this is, what is the lore in that then? Yeah. Um, so it's like a you end up on a colony ship. There's this like way to travel uh, between the stars that was discovered um, that made it like really easy to travel. So people start sending out colony ships like these corporations like band together and start doing it. So it's very corporate dystopian, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. which is like post-apocalyptic in a way um and then you end up on this spaceship or this fucking colony ship and something goes wrong and like you didn't wake up for like 70 years and then some dude wakes you up and you're off to the races um and and that dystopian situation is just advanced beyond repair i assume the corporate dystopian situation i don't know like i think that's kind of the point is to like help figure some of that out okay you know um but the thing is it's it's a good game it's just like i really i went into it expecting fallout new vegas part two and that's it's just not exactly that right um 
I'm going to get into it. I'm going to enjoy it. I got to just plod through it. But uh, I also can't get over Subnautica, which was on Game Pass. So I started playing that again from the beginning. And it's a lot of fucking fun in the beginning of the game. Not to say that it's not fun later in the game, but like it's a different feel in the beginning. So I've been enjoying like plunking around and finding copper ore and mm-hmm. just not actually doing a whole lot of anything. And then I got uh, to stop that type of behavior playing Subnautica <laughs> again and again. I got. Um, Alien <coughs> Isolation, which is a few years old, I believe, and it's a survival horror game. The internet told me it was very spooky, and so I just I bought it. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't fuck. I don't know anything about the game, just like Subnautica, except for of course the Alien universe lore that I already know. Um, yeah, so it it is the the films. Yeah. Okay. They, I think you play as his <clears throat> daughter, mm. uh, or maybe you play you play as Ripley. Again, I know nothing. Uh, I, it, but the game, they told me it would scare the shit out of me, and uh, that's. I'm, I think I'm gonna play it with uh, headphones on, actually. Nice, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I mean, the, the that's one of the most intense, or you know, I mean, there's only so many components that the VR adds or changes, but uh, a huge part of the VR uh, experience that is amazing on that the PSVR with like Resident Evil and shit is yeah, the the, the audio is crazy, you know, because mm-hmm. you can hear just that the little tiny thing just over there you can hear yeah. it happening and it's like that's it's very suck. directional still yeah for sure you know uh-huh. and that's then so honestly said so from a filmmaking standpoint i can tell you i mean like sound is 10 times more important than the image in a horror film you, you know? gotta tell me i know yeah <laughs> <clears throat> that's cool i feel like i heard i have heard about that some like that's i feel like that like danced around on my periphery of knowledge that being a game that was worth playing um but I don't have. I don't. I haven't like seen a trailer or anything. I should be able to update in two weeks. Um, it's still in the Amazon package currently, but I've had a busy weekend, so Word. not surprising. Uh, how about you? Anything special? Um. Uh, well, I did. I've been hammering away on uh, more of that Mario Odyssey completionist effort. I'm up to like 680 on the moons. Um, the only ones I'm really skipping over some of the time are the Koopa race. They have these Koopa race moons where you gotta, you know. Beat a Koopa through a level, and it's fucking, they're just ridiculous. Right. Um, how difficult they can be, and it's not worth banging my head against one thing for fucking hours. <laughs> Trying to get, get what, one right. star, I take it? Yeah, yeah, out of a, probably a thousand or something there are, who knows. But just put everything an asterisk else. next to it, fucking got all the stars except for the Koopa race. Precisely. And if I actually get to the end, I probably will go back and do that, just stand alone. But it's not worth uh, hampering my, my, my flow <laughs> otherwise. Right. I'm like using the list. I'm like going through one by one with the online list to fucking find each one, you know. So, uh, so doing that, I played. I played a little bit of uh, one of those point and click uh, Lucas Arts scum games, Monkey Island Two, The Chuck's yeah. Revenge. So the second one of those, which are like a super fun uh, point and click adventure game. I'm um, just here and there is like a change of pace from the console shits uh, and. We haven't mentioned it yet, but I am back in, in the CLE at present, and I did dig out Uncle Ted's NES before I came over uh, to Oberlin on Friday night, and we played a bunch of that shit, which was cool. <clears throat> uh, it was a Paperboy, Life Force, RBI Baseball, uh, the Bills tapped the Oilers' ass in Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah, I thank you Lorenzo White for that one. <laughs> yeah. Lorenzo White's slower than me this morning <laughs> in the prime of his career. <laughs> Maybe he was just having a maybe he was just a poor 
you know, they have the, like the poor average. Lorenzo White's always Excellent. got an excuse. <laughs> Fucking always got one. Uh, so yeah, we played a bunch of eight bit shit, which was cool. Um, and yeah, I'm taking that fucker home and I'm pretty excited to install that baby, uh, at home. I'm not gonna be able to take all the games. I'm gonna have to wait for a shipment. I think I thought I'd be able to jam it into my suitcases, but it's not happening. Nah, uh, risking it anyways. Right. Yeah. And part of, part of this, uh, unearthing of materials, there was, there's all these, uh, I think I mentioned to you when we were there Friday, the, like the wizardry maps, uh, and shit that Ted drew. You saw, I think you saw me. They were in yeah. the box. Yeah, you uh, around. Yeah, so I actually took the time to, because it's levels one through nine in, in Wizardry for NES, uh, or on any system, they're probably the same maps, but uh, I took the time to archive them, uh, <laughs> scan, oh, them okay. scan them in digitally so they're preserved for, uh, um, you know, I guess as long as these hard drives in our lives last. For uh, posterity. <laughs> for posterity, yeah. So I actually, I, I PDF them. Uh, that and actually the Fexanadu. He, uh, when Ted can't you download all that shit or download? Now I'm pulling an Eminem. Um, <laughs> remember when he did that? He should, I should download an audio and MP3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah it's right. not downloaded. Uh, <laughs> hang in there, Eminem. I'm sure he gets it at this point. Right. If that's still the real Eminem, there's the theory that he died. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and they replaced him with more Eminems. But anyways, uh, can't you upload that shit to like archive.org so that it lives in the ether? Oh yeah, I don't know. Time? I don't know if it's if I can put it on archive. I think archive.org. I don't know. I'll look into that. That's a, that's a super interesting idea. Uh, I did upload it, and I have it available, and the links will be in the show notes for this shit. Uh, just through, you know, it's on fucking, I have it on a server to, for download. But that would be hilarious if, if, like, I imagine they have some sort of quality control or, like, level of, you know, um, exist, pre-existing distribution that you have to demonstrate for something to be worthwhilely archived on archive. You know what I mean? Like yeah, every, I, every asshole can possibly archive every fucking thing. But then know? again, if you have levels one through six and eight and nine and you don't have any sevens, don't you just take what you get? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe. Uh, I'll look into it. That's a, that's a hilarious idea, and I would love the I love the idea of telling Ted that his fucking anal retentive BB stacking maps <laughs> that he drew be used for the rest of time <laughs> yeah, by all of the internet. That's fucking incredible. Right? Uh, yeah, they are like incredibly meticulous. I mean, you know, he has little. We've talked about him before. Little keys and legends. They're color coded in some cases. They're fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's I, he's an intense dude. He's an intense dude for sure. Um, that the, you know, like I know him. I've known him my whole life essentially. And, uh, but like even just this weekend, I was able to be like, oh yeah, he's a fallen. Yeah. 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 Like sometimes you forget. Yeah. When he, yeah, when he, uh, when he commits to an idea, he go, he commits to it. I think that's, that is a universal fallen trait is that like, once you decide something is happening, that's how it's going down. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. like he for Oh man, you cut out there. Say again. Uh, he's the kind of guy who would make like a crazy detailed key for his wizardry map. For sure, yeah, for sure. And he did so, and they're on the internet now. So that's what we're playing now. Uh, on to Mario Two. was the title theme to Mario 2, as you might imagine, kicking off our discussion of Mario 2. Yes. And the story of Mario 2 is 
This is a long fucking synopsis, but <laughs> Mario has a dream of a staircase leading to a door to another world. A voice identifies the world as the dreamland of Subcon and asks for Mario's help in defeating the villainous frog named Wart, a tyrant who has cursed Subcon and its people. Mario suddenly awakes and decides to tell Luigi, Toad, and Princess Peach, who all report experiencing the same dream. The group then decides to go on a picnic. Logical. Uh, <laughs> so wholesome. Right, right. Uh, but upon arriving, they discover a cave with a long staircase. Through a door at the top, the group gets transported to Subcon, revealing their dreams to have been real. And here we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so what is what, what kind of game is this, Jab? As if anyone doesn't know what, game, what Mario 2 is. <laughs> it's a goddamn Mario game. Uh, side-scrolling <laughs> platformer, though you can go right and left in this one. Yeah, so, and um, vertically, come to think of and, it. And quite vertically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and down, yeah, or yeah, and we should say X and Y axes. You guys, yeah, yeah. Mario, too. You fucking know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yes, and this game was released on the NES on October 9th, 1988. It is, um, this is dipping into Jab's history a little bit, but is infam- infamously a reskin of the Famicom title Yumi Kojo Doki Doki Panic, which was released in Japan on July 10th, 1987. Uh, the it was it was so successful in other countries that it was released in Japan as Super Mario USA uh, oh. on September fourteenth, nineteen ninety two. So like, you know, they like fucked with things, released it in the U.S. because they didn't think one thing would work. Uh, I mean, basically, yeah, they they the the, the Japanese Super Mario Brothers two uh, was uh, really just a, it was kind of like a downloadable DLC, downloadable content for uh, for for Mario 1 in that it was just like more levels that looked exactly the same, exact same game engine, exact same graphic style, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. It was just way fucking harder. And they didn't think that that would work <laughs> uh, in the US. So they thought they needed to do, uh, in the town of America they thought they needed to do something. The choice was reskinning Doki Doki Panic. Um, and then eventually Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan was brought stateside. Uh, and that was on the 1993 SNES release of Super Mario All-Stars uh, under the module named Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels. The Lost yeah. Levels. Um, yeah. And, like I, said, and I remember playing those, and they were hard as fuck. They were, yeah. I remember, yeah. That was, and then, yeah, it even like, you I know. I think I actually have that. Somebody, we should have got those. We were sitting right next to my game collection Friday night. Yeah. We didn't bust it and out. Literally, I don't know. Was that just something you bought in a store? Because I feel like every... I feel like it, no, it had I know exactly back. how I got that, and I, and I don't know why I pro- stored this information away because it's not fun. But <laughs> I know how I acquired it. I think either I got it, or let me start over. I think either me or my stepbrother Kyle got an SNES for like a gift giving occasion, and that was one of the games in okay. the package. Interesting. Like it came with the Super Nintendo. Right. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I feel like every, it was you know as common as having Super Mario World to me. Uh, after a while, like it wasn't out. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, in the initial phase of Super uh, of the Super Nintendo. But like after that fucker had been around for a while, everyone had that. And maybe it was because that you know it's Mario and it's all the games and that's incredible. Uh, the same reason everyone fucking emulates everything today because that's you know great games and oh my god, I have access to them now too. You know. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah. When you like open that menu to which game to play on that cartridge like even like the 
the box art that you chose was like a different shape. It was like squattier, you know, and it's just it's just everything about it was weird. <laughs> it was not the Mario I was used to. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that is the release pattern that the wacky release pattern of fucking uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Is there any other history that I didn't infringe upon? Uh, no. That, <laughs> as, as you here's the thing. Everybody already knew that about Doki Doki Panic Freak Show or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. You said it, and everyone already knew it. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, cool. So the uh, with the artwork and shit, the the cover art it, it's like super simple and clean. Uh, but way way fuck more colorful than the Super Mario Brothers one box art. So there's like a nice illustrated Mario with a turnip in his hand. There's these color trails behind him, and he's like <laughs> he's in a posture that looks like he's like really hauling ass. So it's like a very it's a very active cover. As opposed to Mario One is kind of like that, you know, it's the black box series, so you know, it's like the pixelated deal. Uh, that is certainly, you know, there's there's certainly more uh, better art and more colorful and more attractive than than Sega Master System art, but not terribly further along. Uh, and and in this case, the the Mario Two box is like very eye catching for sure, you know. Yeah, and this isn't obviously it's not the first iteration. But yeah, but like in the in the first game, it's it's all pixelated, right? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It's just yeah, it's like okay. So side. this is the first time you see him on a cover where he's looking like he's going to look classically for the rest of time. For the most part, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I at guess least that would have been good history to look up. It, yeah, it's like a, it's like an illustrated, you know. It, yeah, it is the first illustrated official illustrated iteration of him. I think right. save. Well, no, even those Nintendo Powers obviously came after. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think this might be the first illustrated time we, we see him. And that is certainly, I guess, an important uh, milestone, you know? Yeah, because um, they're about to make a kind ton of, of like money the way he's going to look like going forward, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so the back of the box has a short blurb that makes uh, <laughs> no effort to tell that long, convoluted story, uh, which is nice. But uh, it has the – it has four screenshots – that honestly aren't that interesting uh, of choices. Like um, some of the, you know, they, they could have included like, the bosses are super fucking interesting. They're like bigger sprites and stuff. None of those are on the back. The rocket ship is a cool image. Uh, the silhouetted subcon view, uh, all that shit is like super cool imagery that is new to this game that they didn't bother to feature, which I thought was interesting. Um, it was a super boring, normal gameplay overworld shots for the most part. And the manual is pretty fucking legit. It's 32 pages, including the covers. Full color with tons of uh, really good illustrations, uh, again, for the heroes and all the little enemies and baddies and shit. Pages 7, 8, and 9 go into detail about the character differences in three categories, which were jumping, pulling up items, out of the ground, and running speed when carrying those items. And the pulling up and running with items goes in this order, worst to, worst to best. Princess, Luigi, Mario, Toad. And the jumping mechanics are all pretty unique. Mario has an average jump, decreases a little with an item. Uh, Luigi can jump uh, the highest, but it's kind of with this like slow, floaty effect to it. Uh, and he loses more height when Mar than Mario when an item is in his, in his hands. Toad has the least jumping ability, but is not at all penalized when carrying items. And Princess is third in jumping power, but can float for a second and a half after jumping. And she has a substantial penalty when carrying an item. And this is all we're saying because I always knew there were differences of some variety. 
but I never took the time to read this and know like the specific mathematical <laughs> you know, differences, you know, right. uh, and that, that was kind of interesting to read, I thought. Yeah, uh, I didn't know the exact ones myself, oh, ahead, but it, it, it did just become like, you, you're not using that information for strategy. You're using no, that yeah. information just like you're just eventually ending up on the player that you like and then using right. that one. Exactly, and that's an interesting thing too because it does allow you throughout the game to choose your character before each level. Like you are not stuck with one of them when you pick them at the beginning. So they probably intended for this to be strategic, that you would employ it with a calculated effort. You know, like to Luigi's like, better on level three. Right, you know, uh, that was probably their intent to some degree with it because, you know, having that variation, just taking the time to do that implies they wanted you to, that to have some effect on game. Think about it, right, yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I did not. I played Luigi fucking all the way through. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, I tried Princess out, hey, but yeah, I, I wanted to go with Luigi in the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's for me, it is between Princess and Luigi. That, that, those, those floaty, the, the jump uh, advantages you have are so helpful for... You know all the crazy ass platform you have to do in this game. Yeah, so, game built around jumping. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to to argue that they are not the 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 better of the four. The I fucking wrecked my brain. Plus, I was fucking busy this week. Economic analysis. I don't know. I thought about trying to do like a some sort of like gambling in video games or something. Like some really less of an economic analysis, maybe, and more of just a historical look at because there is you, you get the coins in the game and then you right. use them to play a slot machine uh, mini game that you can get one-ups and shit through. So, like, I thought of trying to do some variation of that, but I couldn't think of anything that was worth the fucking time that I have to spend to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that is the overview of Super Mario fucking 2. On to playing this baby. That was the overworld theme, bring us into the playthrough of Super Mario Brothers 2 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. And the first thing that you experience in this game, as with any game, is the title screen. It has kind of, uh, it's cool, it has like, it's, there's some effort here. It, it has kind of a sepia tone-ish feel to it, you know? Uh, and, and it has, which will be used kind of throughout this and kind of adds to the mystique of maybe is this real? Is this a dream? What kind of what's going on with this fucking story world here? But it, it gives you this feeling that you're sitting in the audience in front of a stage thing, you know, um, in, in the kind of, I guess, the border of, of the screen on the title screen uh, has, has a stage thing going on to it. Um, so, yeah, so it gives you the story and loops back to the title treatment. So it gives you that very close to that long ass. Uh, synopsis I read in the last segment, basically here on the title screen, and, and a slightly less uh, or slightly more broken um, right. English. <laughs> uh, so you push start, and you are prompted to select your character, and it's it's on an even more stagey presentation for that. Uh, there's an ornate red curtain with gold trim on the edges of the screen. Uh, so again, they're really pushing that. You know, you're watching a show of some kind. You know which is interesting. And uh, as we already also mentioned, I'm either a Luigi or Princess guy, so I went with Luigi to start. And you said you went Luigi too? Yeah, at some point I tried Princess, but I immediately went back to Luigi. Okay, yeah. So 
much has been made uh, of how good a job Nintendo does to teach you the way a game works right from the jump, you know, and this game is just nails that <laughs> exactly to a T. Uh, the game starts and you're dropped out of a door and you fall. It's like four screens worth uh, if you don't land on one of the platforms that are kind of off to the left. You can fall up to four screens uh, down to the lowest level where the door to proceed to the next area is located. And coming off of Super Mario Brothers 1, uh, vertical scrolling would not have been assumed, you know? So that's a big part of it, and that's a huge part of this game, actually. So their effort to, like, make you experience that right from the jump is, is, is you know, that's game design 101. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's welcome because you like you avoid vertical. Well, you you avoid going down in Mario like the fucking plague because it will right, yeah, like kill death. you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. vertical, vertically, especially down is yes, uh, synonymous with death. Yeah, so it is nice yeah. that once they just drop you, you're like, oh shit, like to a degree, I can go down. Right. Yeah. So a few screams over from the start uh, of the first, like, so you go from that into a, a, I guess, more traditional horizontal scrolling area and you get your first post, you, you, you pull up, you know, there's grass patches everywhere and they have a lot of them are vegetables and stuff that you can use as projectiles to throw at enemies, which is also a new mechanic that they teach you right there at the beginning. But you, one of the things you pull up very early on is this potion deal. And when you throw the potion on the ground, it creates a door. You will go through the door and you get the, your first subspace experience. And basically what this is, is a silhouetted, a silhouetted mirror image of the exact same screen that you saw when you went through the door or that was on your screen when you went through the door and it's silhouetted. It's all, it's like all shadows. And then like the, even the sky is kind of like this darker blue. Um, and that is a huge part. Like that's, First of all, it's fucking cool as shit. <laughs> uh, but it is a huge part of what this game is and the way you power up and, and, and all that. Um, and that's really, I think, a really, really cool addition to this. And, and I think one of the things that makes it so iconic to me and, and obviously one of the big, the vast jumps away from otherwise all other Mario, you know, the way the games work, the lore, et cetera, et cetera. It's very cool, you know? Yeah, is it... Also, and maybe you were getting at this, but I just want to say it because why not? That's what we're here to do. Um, it, it's when you go through that door, isn't it like you're standing behind the stage? Like, because everything on the screen is reversed, right? Right. Uh, I didn't, so wouldn't I, that be I, like I, you were on the stage and then you like put a door there and you stepped back to like behind the stage? That's I had never thought of that, but I like that as an idea. I think that's what it is. Is it? Okay, yeah. I, I, I think. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was getting from it. That's, I mean, dude, it's your, that's, that's, your, that's your artistic interpretation, Jab. No one can take that from you. <laughs> no, they cannot. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's, that's a cool idea of it for sure. You know? I mean, you know, there's, there's so much of this game. It, everything is conjecture. Even, you know, uh, people, we'll, we'll get to it obviously down the line. But, you know, the, whether or not this game even happened, it's a dream. Like, you know, there's, there's so much of this game that is because they tried to, you know, Particularly because, and mostly I would guess stems from the fact that, yes, they tried to wedge a Mario game into another fucking game. So, like, it's not, there are going to be some loose, untied ends, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's going to be some inconsistencies for sure. Right, you know, so that's... But if that's, you just, like, if you just play with that and, like, kind of let the community have it and let it go, like, yeah, you know, who cares? Like, right, Make exactly. up your reason why it happened. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so yeah, so so you're in this, and and as long as you keep it simple, because that's that's also one of the really interesting things about this is it adds a great deal of challenge, particularly later on when they fuck with you. <laughs> but uh, you know, where you pick up that potion is not where you have to drop it. You can take that potion anywhere because yeah. uh, you can, you know, it, it, it's we've already mentioned uh, the you know the 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 back you can backtrack basically. You, there is no you know, a forced scrolling that is also a Super Mario Brothers one staple. Uh, so that's an important new mechanic too that you can go back uh, and you can also go forward with that potions. You can take that fucker anywhere in the level. Uh, you can't go through a door with it, but other than that, you can take it anywhere in the game. <laughs> so uh, the problem with that is is the mushroom that is often or always, I guess, if you go to the right place uh, in subspace. Once you go through the door after you break the potion. That's how you power up your 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 character. Uh, you go through. There's a it's a white and red mushroom. You it's the only thing not silhouetted. Uh, so I guess that's of note, <laughs> and it, it draws your eyes to it. So you jump on that, and you when you pull it up, it adds an extra life thing to your. There's like a you know little red dots in the, in the upper left corner. Those represent your life bar of sorts, and the mushroom adds a maximum another maximum unit to your life, and I believe also fully heals you uh, wherever you're at um, in, in your existing life bar. So that's fucking huge, <laughs> of course, yeah. you know, in, in, in this game. Right, so if you don't throw that potion right there where you pick it up on in this particular instance, the mushroom, you will not get the mushroom, you know? So as long as you keep it simple here this first time and throw the potion where you find it, you will get your mushroom and you will learn that that's how subspace works, you know? And right. I guess... There's nothing forcing you to not be, to not explore the first time you're playing this game, whenever that would have been in your life, you know, uh, to take that potion elsewhere and not learn that here in the very first instance. But I think most people probably just, oh, what the fuck is this? And they throw it. And and then this game teaches you that very important mechanic, you know. Right. So, um, but yeah, later on, it's a huge deal because they stop making it that easy for you they start they start putting that mushroom god the fuck knows where and that is like later on in the game that is one of the biggest fuck yous imaginable because you're like you need it both for the you know they're they're, they're they're scarcer first of all so there's just fewer of them which means they're more important and two they you know you need that heal like you've lost life and like when you find one of those you're like oh fuck thank god this is a heal opportunity uh so when you get through there are you are you either you get one later on and the mushroom isn't there when you go through the door? It is a huge fuck you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember even as a child, be like dropping it and going through and being like, "Oh motherfucker!" Yeah, I'm not uh, gonna get yeah. anything except like a coin. Yep, yeah, some useless coins. You can also pick up cherries uh, in in those, but that that can also be another fuck you because if you pick up, that's a mechanic you'll learn to. Uh, you th there's cherry pickups throughout the levels in, in in the game, and if you pick up, I don't know what the exact count is. I want to say six, five or six, something like that. Once you pick up six, it will uh, generate a a invincible star will float up from the bottom of the screen somewhere, and these subspace areas are timed, you know. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we haven't mentioned that. It's right, fine. so you only have a certain amount of time in there. And it's kind and of an urgent timing. Sure, yeah, I mean, it's only, I don't know, fucking like, Don't seconds. fuck around when you go through Yeah, the get the mushroom, and then grab as many coins as you can, and, you know, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, yeah, if you don't, because you can go back to the door voluntarily if you do everything you want to do. You can go back to the door voluntarily and end it, but otherwise it will just, it just evaporates, and you you go back to right where you went through the door in the normal overworld. So... 
if you generate that star in subspace and it starts to float at the bottom of the screen, mm -hmm. if you don't get it before the time uh, finishes, the, the, the time allotted finishes in subspace, you, it just vanishes and you don't get it, which yeah. those stars also are huge helps. <laughs> uh, particularly in the later levels, you know. So that's that's another time. Like those those subspaces, like they giveth and they taketh away. <laughs> you know? Indeed. Yeah. Um so yeah, so that's that's the subspace thing, and that's uh, an incredibly important thing that it, again it teaches you right right from the jump, and that's cool. Uh, so you run through some waterfall and platforming shit areas, uh, dodging. There's a lot of, like, the Goomba equivalents in this game are the Shy Guys. They're the most common enemies. They're, like, these little red squatty dudes with these masks on, and, um, you can't, you can't jump on things to kill them in this level or in this game. So, like, you have to jump on enemies, pick them up, and either throw them into another enemy or chuck them off a fucking ledge or something, you know? So there's a bunch of those that it, it teaches you, again, just kind of teaching you that mechanic in, in, in the first level here. And you get to the end of the sequence, there's a door, and you go into a cave uh, up to, like, there's like a, like a, like a subterranean, you'll see this, it's, it, this is a very common uh, level format or level area format that it takes you through. That's kind of like these... Yeah, very. I guess cave is the only way to describe. It. There's like this brown dirt brick shit that's around that you can blow up with bombs uh, sometimes and platforming and shit. And there's usually a lot of water down in these areas, so you have to go through one of those and it kind of gets you on a vertical climbing sequence with some with a vine and shit. So again, kind of teaching you that's something you'll have to deal with in this game. And on the other the side, first. so there's like the first yes, <laughs> if you you can either. You go up the vine uh, from the lower level of the subterranean thing to the upper half of it, and like you, can, if you can go right to another door, and that takes you kind of to the next part of the level. That's I guess the traditional path. But if you have any level of uh, exploration aspiration to you, you will see a platform in the waterfall that you can jump on, and then jump from that over to the left of the waterfall, and that kind of takes you to your first. Secret is, is a bit of an overstatement, but there is like this area that can take you to a shortcut if you work do a little bit of work to to get through it. Because there's there's basically a kind of heightened platform with a ladder going down into a shaft that looks like there's nothing you can do. There's a door on the other side of this wall, but there's no way through that uh initially you know so right. you have to learn that you can grab these bombs there's there's grass a couple of grass patches there and you can pull these bombs up and the bombs are timed uh maybe three or four seconds or something you pick it up you hold it above your head it's all black and then it starts to flash kind of gives you a warning that's going to blow up and i don't know two seconds or something and then you know if you're still holding it it hurts you so that's important to know <laughs> uh i might imagine yeah and, and that can that can be taught to you there if you don't if you don't infer it uh <laughs> without throwing it and then but what you need to do is you need to throw these bombs down the ladder shaft and they're like you have to time it so that it blows up while it's falling you know to blow up those dirt blocks. yeah otherwise it'll go past it and that's not going to do you any good exactly yeah there's like the ladder the the, the shaft goes further down than the the fucking uh explodable wall 
is at, you know. So, right. yeah, you have to learn to, like, timing these bombs. And, you know, it's kind of like little puzzle-solving instances. And if you do that and you're able to figure it out, you can get through this fucking wall. And there's a door there. Go through the door. And it takes you out uh, to what looks kind of like a dead end. But if you jump back over the mountain that the door is in, you can go off the screen and run left. And you will come down into the first... What are like their mini bosses, basically? Uh, and this is Birdo, and this fucker <laughs> is at the end of most every level that isn't a major boss battle stage in the game. You know, uh, so you will have to. Birdo is a huge part of the game. <laughs> what, this is honestly my favorite character in the game, and probably my favorite aspect of the game. This yeah? character is so bizarre and weird, and I've always been fascinated with it. So first off, like. <laughs> It's a super interesting character. If you, when you if if you know the backstory, uh, that's super interesting. Even the introduction of this character is interesting because in the instruction manual, it says the name of this is Astro. Okay. And through various online sources, uh, I uh, have have cited this as being an error, and we know it too because we call it Bird Birdo now. So clearly, the correct name worked its way into uh, the. <laughs> the uh, the zeitgeist, uh, even despite that error. But mm. the description reads uh, in the instruction manual, even though it's called Astro, as he thinks he is a girl and spits eggs from his mouth. He'd rather be called Burdetta. And this... Right, yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so this description... This is even more interesting, wow. <laughs> exactly, They're like playing yeah. with like tra- transgenderism. Like yeah, that's fucking insanely precisely. progressive for 1988. Right, yes, without a doubt. And this, compounded by the further fandomonium speculation, has led to much being made on the internet of the inter or indeterminate nature of Birdo's gender. Yeah. yeah. So, Bur- so even more interestingly than just that uh, ambiguity, perhaps is uh, the way to describe it, uh, its gender has oscillated from male to female and back. Many times in manuals and other lore materials uh, in its numerous appearances over the years. So okay. uh, it's even referred to as a non-binary it uh, in the Super Smash Brothers Brawl ga- uh, manual. So, yeah, it is, it is moved from male to female and even been referred to as it at one point. Nice. Yeah, which is fucking, yeah, incredibly interesting for a fucking children's targeted video game. And yeah. the... It's also often referred referred to, and you know, and I, I, I got off the Nintendo train for a little bit, and I've never been into Smash Brothers, <laughs> as, like I don't like fighting games really. So that is where a lot of these Mario characters have you know worked their way back in, uh, and because I didn't play those games, I never saw this or really was. Yeah, they're not for me either. Right. So Birdo is often referred to as the partner of Yoshi. Really. And yeah, and those instances always referred to Birdo as a she whenever it's the partner of Yoshi. Always. Okay. Every time. And it never occurred to me until doing this research that, like, it's physical similarities to Yoshi. That never clicked for me, you know? Uh, but it makes, it makes, I can totally buy it. Like, yes, okay, that is the same species. I totally get that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah that works. Yep. So that that's fucking incredibly interesting. And yeah, I mean, whatever the case, it, 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 there's an, in, Incredible amount of gender role manipulation going on here, you know, physically and mentally, uh, right. and and that's fucking wild, and 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 yeah, really, really out there for a Nintendo game, I think. Yeah, because not only not only that, yeah, Nintendo who won't even like put crosses in there, not to say that like, right, yeah, not to say any of that, but the point is, um, they they could have just easily made it 
a boy or a girl. Right. Yeah. You know, like it would have been the easiest fucking thing in the world to just be like, yeah, this is Birdo or Birdetta, and that's the story. For sure. But like, and you would think that like at some point in the discussion, like the, whoever's running the show for producing the instruction manual, be like, all right, guys, is the fucking boy or a girl? Like, <laughs> yeah. one or the other dude and they were you know they came to the conclusion they're like i don't know why not both right like nintendo of america chose to censor that shit because right. they thought americans fucking couldn't handle it for whatever That's reason. Well, they, prob- yeah, yeah. And they were they're probably right <laughs> but sure. uh it's interesting that because this you know, we've already talked about the the history of the the game you know being the, this this uh adaption of that of doki doki panic and shoot like if this is a nintendo of america decision Initially, the entire existence of this game uh, is a Nintendo of America thing, you know. So mm-hmm. the fact that this solely um, American-designed, targeted release had something like this in it, you know. And I almost right. think I almost think it's like, uh, and I, I guess I, I should have done the research of this, and I didn't. But like, I I'm guessing that that is a entirely pre-existing Doki Doki Panic thing and that Birdo is not a new like they didn't reskin the enemies I'm guessing all those are the same you know right Doki Doki Panic so they probably just yeah literally just a they didn't fucking take the time they assumed it was a Nintendo it's a Nintendo thing it must not be that bad (laughs) you know what I mean it must must not conflict with our values or whatever the fuck their stupid ass terminology so you're saying in Doki Doki you believe that in Doki Doki Panic this uh, gender ambiguity was already in that character and they just rolled with it Yeah, yeah I could see that Yep, and they just didn't, you know, because there's there's a few there's like the uh, I can't wait till we get to it because it's an incredible game, but the Maniac Mansion port there is like there's a really cool article online uh, that I think one of the developers I'm pretty sure is, is where it's an interview with them and they talk about all this because Maniac Mansion is crazy <laughs> and and yeah, uh, it's a fucking insane game yeah and they, the censorship in that to the Nintendo for the Nintendo port is, is vast and 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 wide and, and widespread. <laughs> uh, but they didn't catch everything. They just didn't, you know, it's such a wild game. They just didn't even, they didn't get, <laughs> there's something. can't catch that, everything, dude. There's no Yeah, way. Yeah, right. So, you know, I think that, that that's, uh, uh, I don't know, there's there's some level of, of, of correlation there. They just like, they yeah, they didn't, they, they wanted to be that sensor uh, focused, but they just, you know, if I can, there's only a few people working on these things and they just, yeah, they over, it's an oversight, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yes, incredibly interesting character uh, for what would be otherwise just you know some mini boss, which are in most games is just something you blow through as far as lore goes. You know. Right. This is all the very long way of saying yeah, this is my favorite character in the game. Right. And <laughs> and, and in this case, this one is pink, and that is not always the case. Uh, there are different colors of them, and they cor- they they correspond with. Uh, for the most part, I guess maybe a little bit with their behavior patterns too. Their movement patterns probably are a little different, but the the biggest difference is the shit that comes out of their mouths. <laughs> uh, in this case, the first one is just eggs, and the that's kind of important because the way you beat Birdo is by catching its eggs and throwing it back at it. You know, so uh, in this case, yeah, it only shoots eggs. You got to catch three, hit them, uh, hit, hit it with three uh, back, and then it. it dies flies off the screen and gives you this crystal thing that it uh opens the the door that like gets you out of the stage basically and the, the doors are called the, the official term for them is mask gates uh they look they look kind of like a a bird head some sort of you know really badass bird basically yeah i called them heather i deep throat bird yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay 
Okay. <laughs> uh, Just nice. a little different than the uh, the mask door. Yeah, slightly. And you know, again, no one can take that artistic interpretation away from you, Jeff. No. <laughs> so that takes you out of the stage, and um, I don't know, maybe like the difficulty of Birdo. Do you, I mean, what you know the especially being your favorite character, is there anything like the the mechanic of it? Like it it is it is a super fun and difficult relatively speaking way to approach and i guess that actually kind of sets the tone for all the boss battles really all the boss battles really are about some sort of catching a midair thing i think in every instance maybe there's the one no there's one that just spits fire okay that snaky thing that, yeah, I guess that's true. You don't have to catch anything in that case. You have to use the mushroom yeah. to just throw them back. But yeah, I mean, much of this game is about, the boss is, are about catching something and throwing it back at them. Uh, right. So again, at the first level, it is teaching you that, and that's cool, and a good job. And But it, yeah, it is not, the first time you experience it, I'm, yeah, I can't remember what it was like because I was so young, but I'm sure it was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, because like your, your natural instinct is to avoid the things that the boss is throwing at you. Like, exactly, yeah. Any projectile, Your entire like, career of Nintendo has taught you yeah. to avoid that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like that boss. Like I said, it's my favorite character. Um, that little part about avoiding the shit that the boss throws at you. Oh, and I think that Birdo makes a really sad noise when you finally kill it. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, guy, yeah, yeah. Re- can you recreate it? It's always it bittersweet to. Oh, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but like, I remember. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a kind of a garbling noise, I think. But yeah, that's what I mean. It's always yeah. kind of it, it. It does belie like some sort of physical struggle on Berto's part, and it's kind of a... <laughs> that's a nice touch. Yeah. Yep. So when you do, so you you walk through the bird head, it opens up real wide for your entire width of even if you're big bo- body, and you walk through there, and then it like closes behind you, which is cool, and. You are then presented with what they call the bonus chance slot machine game. And as we mentioned, in the subspace areas, you pick up those coins that are like basically all the grass patches. I don't think we said that specifically. The grass patches in the subspace area all are coins. If you, and It's important to say that you, you have to have them on the screen when you go through. You can't have pulled up the vegetables, which is also like a little kind of... Somewhat of a fuck you, but more about like it, it gives the game replayability or like it, it you have to learn where the potion is so you don't burn the grass patches before you go through the subspace door because then they won't be there in subspace. Yeah, if you find the door is the last one, there's not going to be any coins to harvest. Yep, yep. So, yeah, however many grass patches are on the screen... After you get your mushroom, ideally, you can then pull those up and you get coins. And at the end of these stages, you are presented with this bonus chance slot machine game where you can use those coins to earn extra lives. And the breakdown of the prize system is a if you get a there's you know it's it's mostly I guess it's all like it's like there's a the turnip, there's a cherry, there's a I think there might be a small turnip and a big one. There's a shy guy. There's a shy guy, yeah. There's a, yeah, just you know, a few avatar things that are in the game. They're very, really. It's very slot machining. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, I'm just saying what the actual things are though. Like it's it's all they're all just like things you can pick up or enemies. I, I feel like those are all things that are in every slot machine as well though. <laughs> well, not shy guys, but yeah, close. To Except it. for shy guys. Yeah, close to. Uh, so yeah, so if you get a the cherries are one of the things, and those are kind of I guess the uh, 
they're like the the sevens maybe the the slot machine <laughs> equivalent of sevens you know or whatever the, whatever the slot machine is themed as it's the the top prize uh and a, if you get a cherry in the left column it's worth one life if you get a cherry in the first two columns of the three it is worth two lives and if you get all three cherries it's five li- five lives and then any other symbol you have to the only way to get a prize is if you get three in a row uh, all the same, and in those instances, you only get one life. So you're definitely cherries are the target by a mile, basically. Right. And I find you know, there's really, I'm sure there might be a strategy to it. I'm often, I'm really usually good at that shit. Like I'm really good at the mini games in Mario Three, like the stopping, like the slider game where the things. Yeah, go. there's a way to learn that one. Like if yeah. you do it that way, you'll never get it wrong. Yeah, you you can nail it for sure. Right. Uh, you can always one, get the star right. Yeah, this one I was not as easily able to infer. No, I went random on this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I got to the point where I was just spamming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and also because I was save stating on the Switch, uh, extra lives are rather meaningless too. It didn't so it didn't really matter, right? Andy, I think even if you don't do that, I mean, later on the game gets hard, and I'm sure it would become a factor. But you are with this, you get a lot of coins basically, and even just spamming this bonus chance game, you will get a lot of extra lives. You know, right? So this game does not is not chintzy <laughs> with the lives at all. So then we were on to World 1-2, and that, I guess that kind of brings up the topic of the structure of the level system. And you get basically three levels within each world. So there's like 1-2, one, 1-3, one, 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 two, one, three. Uh, and then after that you get like a little, that's where like you like play the full 1-3, often in cases either getting a Virto at the end or at least a crystal that represents where Virto could have been. Uh, and then you get the it's kind of like a little mini area that the bosses are in. So mm-hmm. kind of a one four you know, or a fourth level to some degree uh, in each world, uh, with the exception of the final one. Seven only has uh, two levels and then work, you know. So that's the way the game works. And we are into world one, two now. And you start in front of a mass gate and there's a pigeon swooping down at you is what they're called. And this is basically, it's not a shy guy, but it looks kind of like one. <laughs> uh, it, it, I guess it's a, a bird is really technically what it is. But it swoops down at you on a magic carpet. So uh, you in front of you is this massive chasm that you're clearly not going to be able to do anything about if you don't have something to fly over it. So that kind of forces you to go, okay, maybe I need to get that carpet. <laughs> and uh, you do so, you, you have to jump on the carpet and pick his ass up, chuck him off into nothing very cruelly, and then ride the carpet across that big chasm. And that is cool, and also a new thing, and a and, uh, really cool addition to the mechanic of the game. I wish, because the, the magic carpet eventually, you know, it's, again, kind of just guessing at the, the time span, maybe 15 seconds before it starts to flash for a couple and then goes away. And if you're not over land by that point you will just fall and die <laughs> so you will fall into the nothingness as well right yeah so you know that's it's i guess they they find ways to work around it where they force you to use this but i know it's just a really cool thing that i kind of wish was in the game more you know it, it is it is relatively sparse i feel i forgot about them until that first encounter and then i was like oh yeah that's why i like this game because it's got yeah. a lot of fun things in it but like you said it's not there enough yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of the the big boot in Mario Three. You know, like an incredibly yeah. cool thing that is just not that used enough. <laughs> yeah, I liked having like the big boot or like the frog suit just right. because it was so different. Yep, or the Tanuki was the is the, is the really yeah good the raccoon suit. is it? Yeah, 
Uh, well, no, the raccoon is like the 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 leaf, the, the base thing. But there's a tanuki. Yeah, it's like it looks like a little bear is the icon yeah, for the that's item. The one I'm thinking of. Yeah, and it's super rare in the game. But when you you know you can turn into a statue and that you're invincible for a few seconds, and yeah, it can also fly like the raccoon. And yeah, it's just every really cool. time I think of a Mario game, like if I think of any Mario game in isolation, I'm like, oh, that's my favorite game. Like, if I'm like, Mario yep. 2, like, oh, that's my favorite game. My favorite Mario. Oh, Mario 3, like, that's my favorite. Because they're all so fucking good. Yep. Yeah, they don't, you know, that's fucking Nintendo. And then got Super Mario World for fucking SNES is maybe the best game ever made. You, yeah. I am not nearly as enthusiastic about that yeah. game, but it's I, I certainly respect that it's a good one. Um, anyway, I, sorry, I got you off track there. You no, know, no, no. We're talking about Mario, Jab, is what we're talking about here. Mario doesn't matter, doesn't matter what about Mario. As long as we're talking about Mario, we're on task. Mm-hmm. The So you are then first introduced to these big jars that you can go down into after you fly across that chasm. And the second of the two jars has a key that you will need, that you need to retrieve. You pick it, you know, it's a, like a big Looks like a key, a uh, big gold key, and you pick it up, and you need to, the mechanic is, you need to take it to a locked door that if you didn't go down and get this key as you were just going through, you will eventually get to without a key and be like, oh, I need a key, and you will backtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, obvious you need a key. Right, exactly, yeah, and then you would backtrack eventually, hopefully, to this jar, and you, that's where the key is, and you go down into it, and when you pick these keys up, you are then attacked by, this is one of the massive... Uh, uh, if the game throws this at you a lot, you know, and it, it, you, when you pick up the key, there's these things called Phantos, or Phantos, I don't know the exact pronunciation, but the uh, they're like these masks that look, look like they're just kind of decoration uh, before you pick the key up, but one of them will then detach from the wall and start relentlessly coming after you, and kind of it, it does this thing where it kind of swoops around the screen left to right, uh, in a flying motion, and then it can it can also kind of uh, what you call that screen clipper, where, where you can like go off one side of the screen and they come up they come up on the other. So, yeah, they, they relentlessly chase you while you have the key in your hand. You can throw down the key, and it will fuck off for a second, but or until you pick the key back up as like that, and that's like your best defense mechanism because it's invincible. You can't kill it. Uh, so you need to, yeah, the only way to avoid it uh, other than just dancing around while you have the key as it flies by is to throw it down and make it fuck off, get your bearings, and then like design a, yeah, design a fucking a, a route of attack to, to get to closer to the door and pick it back up and go, you know. And in this case, you, you get to jump out of the jar with the key and take it over to that door in the overworld and unlock it. And you just hold up just like you go in any door and it uses the key but yeah that's that's a really it's it's one of the major pain in the ass mechanics challenge mechanics of this game yeah because you know it's an early it also seems to me at least this is my artistic interpretation um (laughs) it seems to be like an early version of um what are those fucking the ghosts in oh later mario yeah, yeah the, like how you when you turn around they'll come after you, but when you look back at them they'll stop. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's very similar to that mechanic. Agreed, and they are also invincible. Yeah, and they're also invincible, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, so other than that, there's not much doing in this stage. Oh, there's, speaking uh, of which, there is one thing I wanted to talk about. When you go down in that jar, this is my artistic interpretation. Um, <laughs> did you happen to feel like that looked a lot like, um, the underground levels? In the ET Atari game, sure. 
Uh, you I know what? I felt like it looked before exactly the, the same. Before the words came out of your mouth, I was like in my mind trying to search where is he going with this. And the only thing that came in there was, yes, E.T. on Atari. And Doesn't so, it yeah. look like that? Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. Yeah. In my mind, that's a programmer shout out. You think? Okay. In my mind. Could, it, it could be. It's more fun you know, in there. Uh, yeah, you'd have that. That would be. That's it, it, that's an incredible thing that you could never find out, probably. Because uh, I think even if you talked to whoever the hell programmed this game initially, they'd never admit that. <laughs> Unless they like had their name on the ET game, and they just couldn't hide. Right. Like, well, are Howard, you the same Jeff Burns that worked on ET. Now, yeah, How, Howard Warshaw is the programmer of ET. He is, you know, famous because that game is famous. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there are countless interviews with him about that, and he definitely never worked for. Uh, Nintendo of Japan. <laughs> so, so <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm 100 certain that there's no overlap in the actual programmer. But if uh, that guy yeah, didn't I, have any family or anything. It'd be the coolest thing ever for when he dies to have his body buried in that big ass hole in the desert where all the games were. <laughs> but I'm sure he has people who care about him and want to see him. Yeah. So. Have you seen that documentary with uh, the Zack Snyder? I think is his uh, name. No, maybe. No, I haven't. It's a good documentary, dude. It's called. Uh, what the fuck is it called? The key art is like this, you know, Atari graphic key art. I can't think of what the fuck the name of it is. Uh, easily findable, the uh, sure. you know, e- ET documentary. Doc. Right. Uh, it's a good documentary, though. Yeah, because I mean, they, they, they actually debunked the idea. It's not, it, it was, it's not what the, you know, the, what do you call it, urban legend leads you to believe. They did not bury intentionally ET carts. It turned out to be they were able to hunt down. It's just like Target or somewhere, some big retailer just threw a bunch of games away <laughs> oh, okay. during, during the crash because no one would fucking buy them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, so this uh, is yet another corporate uh, environmental law violation. For sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It may have been. It may have been. I don't recall if it was unsanctioned landfill area or something. I think I don't remember that being one of the issues. I feel like that, you know, documentary does documentary filmmakers do all they can to attach a film to a cause. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they never would have left that on the table. Because <laughs> like, that's an easy one. That's a good big. point. It is. So, there. yeah, there's not much else really going on in the stage. Otherwise, you go through a cave area. There's some more bomb practice. You get another pink Birdo at the very end. Boom. Uh, mask gate. Moving on. And you go into World 1-3. And the first half of this is an overworld waterfall and log platforming sequence. That's, you know, a little slightly more challenging than you've got to so far. So that kind of lets you know that uh, this game will have that intense platforming deal that, that Mario was founded on. And boy, for sure. Yeah. And one down. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the first time I had that fucking sub cherry subspace thing that I already touched on about the fucking star coming and losing it. And the second half of the level is a vertically scrolling platform marathon where you have to uh Climb, like you go into these, it's kind of again, it's 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 not the same. It's, it's different than there's two subspace or subterranean type areas in this game. There's the cave looking one, and then there's also this I don't know, like industrial space maybe is the way to describe it that you go into. And this is one of those instances, and you have to vertically scroll all the way up to the top of the shaft, get a key, and go back down to a little bit further than where you started. <clears throat> with the key in your hand, you know, and, uh, the Fanto is chasing you the whole way, you know, and there's, there's often these, in these areas, there's often a lot of the spark things that are like the, I don't know, like little electric charges or something that circle platforms and add to the platforming difficulty. Mm -hmm. 
as enemies, and they lace this area up with cherries pretty generously too. So you can get two. I actually got two stars in here to kind of just plow through it, right. and that takes you to once you successfully navigate that takes you to uh, what what they and it because I guess we didn't mention this. The Birdo areas have their own music, and then it's kind of like this hectic, lets you know you're now in a boss area music, and they they do that music even in instances where there is no Birdo and it's just a crystal sitting there on a platform right in front of a mass gate, which right. is sometimes the case in the third levels of stages because you're going straight to a boss battle, you know? So they ki kindly uh, alleviate the Birdo uh, appearance. Though I did find that, uh, like, in those areas, they had more regular enemies. Sure, sometimes. Like those yeah, areas no, are a little more intense. Yeah, no, I mean, it's yeah, this is not at all uh, a universal situation. In this case, it is just an unattended crystal with the music, no enemies, though, you know? Okay, maybe I don't remember that one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think maybe, yeah, I, I didn't write any enemies down, so I, I don't think there is, though. I'm pretty sure you just go through that door and there's just sitting on a platform. But yeah, no, there, there, are, there are ones where, yeah, you go in there and there's a bunch of crazy shit happening <laughs> later on, for sure. Without a doubt. So, oh, yeah, you pick up the crystal, you go to the mass gate, and then it drops you into, again, all the boss battles are in kind of, uh, it's not the exact same thing, maybe, but very close to an industrial-themed space. Kind of like, it looks like metal, kind of, you know, the the, the uh, platforms and the walls and stuff kind of have this metal look to them. Yeah, and, and it's like a black background. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it drops you down into, well, no, not the, not the, it's not black. The not where the not not the Birdo area. The like where Mauser is in this case. It has kind of like a, a a bluish uh, hue to it. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yes, this first boss battle for World One is Mauser, and Mauser is described as in the instruction booklet. It is a bomber of bad dreams that destroys good dreams. It is proud and doesn't believe that it is just a mouse, and it is. A mouse, <laughs> or it sort of looks like one, anyways. Nice. And he's got like you know all the they do a good job of making all the the bosses villainous, you know, because uh, he does have like dark shades on and he looks like he's not your average mouse for sure, you know. No, uh, he's kind of a badass. You can tell, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and his mechanic is so well. First, it, it has it has some bombs out uh, on the platform. Because there's like there's one of those dirt walls that you have to blow through to even get into Mauser's area. Chamber of Horror. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you can. Yeah, it, it. I get. That's almost like a. It's starting you off with a bomb to let you know how you actually damage this guy. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a hint, you know, and because that is how you beat him. I, you know, you can take one over there, but you have to use one or two to even get to the wall. So you can't use all the bombs over there. You will need to catch some to beat his ass. And that is the mechanic. You, he, he's on this platform that's up above kind of where you have to run around uh, at the bottom below him. And he throws bombs down that are like any other bomb you grab out of the ground. And they... Uh, after a few seconds, start to flash and then blow up. So the mechanic is he chucks them at you. You I, I, you can pick them up after they hit the ground, but that gives you way less time. So <laughs> ideally what you're doing is you can literally jump up and just, you don't have to hit anything. You just If they hit your head while they're in midair, you will catch them, and then you have them above your head, and you can either chuck it right back at them, or you can do what is kind of the cheese tactic of this level or of this boss, 
uh, if you just run below him and jump up, you can kind of just set it on the platform. You like jump up through the platform when he's on the other end of it. You can kind of just jump up, hit the throw button, and he just like drops it on the platform. Yeah. And then Mauser will back up into it at the time that it is blowing up, and you can hit his ass three times that way, and he's fucking dead. Right. And, and it's not to say also like just catching them and throwing them back is not difficult. You can do it that way. It's you don't need to fudge this. You can just do it the regular sure. way. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, the the if you're not doing the cheese thing, what you're doing is catching them, and yeah, you're trying to you're just chucking them back up at him, and they land on the on the uh, platform. It, it, it honestly, yeah, it's not necessarily difficult. It just takes a little longer because then you you don't necess- it won't always necessarily land in the place where he's standing by the time. Right. He might move out of the way. Right. And so that. But if you've played video games before, you can manage this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It is by no means impossible. So uh, he blows up and. Or he like. He also. They also. The bosses also make kind of. Uh, it's not the same as Birdo, I don't think. But it's like a little bit of a catastrophic sound. It's like a, a very alarming, like. Or some shit like that when they die. And he like. Kind of. I think. I think he flashes a little bit and then flies off the screen. Uh, kind of frozen, you know, he like like goes up into the air a little bit and then flies down through the bottom of the screen is how they die. And then the a door comes up, one of those doors that's kind of like the it's like the projection of light from below. You know, is the way it looks. Yeah, there's like light shining through the rectangle. Right. Uh, yeah, and, it can, and that's the doorway. You go through it, and then you were on to World Two, and World Two. Uh, they go Egyptian desert theme for World 2. And I love pyramids and Egyptian shit. It's one of my bucket list things, going to Egypt uh, and, and Cairo and checking out the, the pyramids and shit. So I always love these. Um, I like the, the, the... I think it's the second level in Mario 3, too, actually. I believe it's the second level, or the second world, rather. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I love that one, too. That, that world is great in Mario 3, too. Pyramids. Oh, that's right, it is. Yeah, I don't know if it's specifically the second one, but it's definitely an early one. Right, yeah, and that's cool. And even even on like Super Mario Land, I love the. It's not. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, it, it, no, it, I shouldn't say. Kind of, it is absolutely an Egyptian level. I want to say it's like maybe World Three, World Three or Four, late later in the game, and it has very cool music. Like even even on the Game Boy, they did a cool Mario did a cool Egyptian themed world, you know. So yeah, I think I remember the music being really. That's a fucking hell of a game. Mario, every Mario game is good. Yeah. Every time. They're all good. Well, they spend, you know, that's the release game. They spend a lot of time on them. You know? Sure, they, it's their flagship series. Yeah. I get it, but uh, I'm still amazed. Like, it seems like literally, if a fucking Super Mario RPG for Super Nintendo is one of the best RPGs that yeah. nobody talks about. Good game. Yep. No, yeah, fucking they, they don't. I know. I shouldn't say there are bad ones because they've made so many little dumb little uh, side shoots uh, of the of the story world that there are some. Dumb Mario games, but all the all the mains like the the primary. Uh, I guess they're not always technically platformers, but the, the the primary story games are always fucking off the chart. Right. If Nintendo puts some effort into a Mario game, it's going to be good. Yep. So they drop you into these sand areas throughout this world where you have to pull up the sand below your feet, uh, and there's one of these uh, rather early on here in World Two where. It's kind of like they're like track, they're like levels of this sand stuff that you can pull up and kind of dig through. And they each time you pull one up, it drops you to the next. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're just they're just one. It's not a pixel, but like one unit uh, box. 
yeah, one tier. Uh, and there's like, you know, I don't know, however many tiers of this. And you dig through, and the, you know, when you when you pull the sand out from below you, it it goes away entirely. So if there's a shy guy on a level above you, and they you know, they just the ones that they just walk back and forth, and they walk right off any platform they get to the edge of. So if you dig down below and just dig straight down. And these shy guys, you will dig past these shy guys. That's the whole point of this area is to dig past them and get to the bottom. If you don't vary where you do your digging in the horizontal space, there will just be a long shaft that the fucking shy guys just fall on top of your head and obviously damage and then eventually kill you. So the trick of these is to, yes, tunnel in a kind of an alternating back and forth way as you go through it. So they're not dropping on your head as you go down, you know. Right, Which World is... War One fans will know this from trench understanding. You got to dog leg your tunnels, <laughs> otherwise somebody's going to get in your fucking trench, and they're going to look down a straight mile of people that they can shoot and kill. You got to put some curves in there. They call them dog legs. Yeah. Okay. You got to dog leg your tunnels in Mario Two, or the shy guys will fuck you up. Great terminology. I've never heard the terminology. That's great. You're welcome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a cool and tricky mechanic that is not easy to master because it, it, even after all, you know, I know this and I played this game a million times and this is early on in the game. So pretty much every time I've played this game in my life, I've gotten to this point and I still will take damage in these areas sometimes because you're just, you know, you're trying to hurry through it. Of course, it shouldn't be a big deal, but it you still get caught sometimes, you know, so it, right. it is it is a without a doubt a tricky little um, part of this game. That they, they throw you many times, and, and there, there's a lot of different variations of this challenge, you know, throughout it. So that's cool. I remember falling for it many times as a child. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And they all, we also get our first appearance of Pokey, the cactus enemies, and they are super cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. They're not, uh, they're not my top favorites of the game, but uh, I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I, I, I like them a lot. Yeah, they're, so, yeah, they're like, I think they're, are they four? I think they're four tall. Yeah, so they're yeah. It's like they're just like a you know like a, a they're like tall enemies way above your head. And like that's the challenge of you can't, especially there's a lot. They'll drop. Uh, usually the trick of making these imposing to you is there's more than one on the screen. So you need and they they move back and forth. They don't just move in one direction. So they kind of home in on you. And uh, they're only one thing wide. So if there's a bunch of them like landing on their heads and riding them, it's difficult. But that's the trick. You basically have to when you when you land on them and you pull up like the way you attack most enemies, you pull them up. When you do that, it only pulls the top of the four balls off, like his head, and then the next one becomes its head. <laughs> you know, so to kill them and make them go away entirely, you have to do that four times or hit another one with one of the balls, and that can kill the pokey entirely but you have to hit it in the top head right you can't hit it in the lower you have to hit it in the head no you have to hit if, if in fact i think maybe you have to hit it low i think you i think the highest really? one you hit is where it, it knocks it down to i think you actually the goal would be to hit the bottom one i believe i'm pretty sure you don't kill the whole thing uh if you don't hit it uh, that would seem extent. generous because they're so big right obviously i just jumped over these and ran past them so right either way very cute and cool enemies i like them so that's really all it's doing in 2-1, two, 2-2. Two, two, you get a lot more of the same here. Uh, we do get uh, our first different Birdo at the end of this, though. Uh, it's red. And the red Birdo means it occasionally shoots fireballs. So 
that is, of course, a huge difference because not everything coming out of its mouth is now a projectile for you. It is something you need to avoid entirely. And uh, here it's not as big an issue because it gives you a lot of space to work with and you have time to read and react that it is a fireball that came out of its mouth unless you're trying to attack it in close, which I would never recommend. <laughs> uh, but later on, they give these to you, these red birdos, and they are motherfuckers. Because if you're in a constricted space and you don't have that, that read-react space, it, they become infinitely more difficult. Yeah. So, foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, but here, here, not that hard. They do they even uh, decrease your ante here because they give you, there's down below, like the, the birdo is up on a, a platform that you kind of have to work your way around to the right and go back to the left to get to. And down below, if you take the time to haul them up, there are mushrooms that you can pick up and just throw it at birdo. So you don't even need to catch any of the eggs. And just use the mushrooms, which is, of course, easier because that's half the challenge is catching the eggs. So that option is available to you here if you so choose. And go through your mass gate on to World 2-3. And the... There is... So you go through this whole level, uh, and this is like the first instance of using the potion in a place where the mushroom... It's not where the... the the mushroom is not where the potion is. <laughs> yeah. And like to get to the area, you actually have to climb up on uh, what I, I started calling the Amazon CEOs because their names are Bezos. <laughs> oh, <look at> that. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, they're like flying shy guys with tridents. So they will be referred to as Amazon CEOs throughout okay. the remainder of this episode, FYI. And they uh, also impose one of those long Phantos harried key totes here in the middle vertical area. There's no Birdo again at the end. Uh, just a crystal. So that takes you to the boss battle for the, unless you have anything notable to say about any of those 2-2 two, two, or 2-1-2-2-2-3 two, 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 overworld areas. No, I do not. I was yeah. just pushing through. Yeah, there it yeah, is. Just platforming, platforming, platforming. And the boss battle is Triclide. And it is a three-headed serpent. And the instruction manual description of Triclide is he was once an outsider, but now he is one of Wart's helpers, since he impressed Wart with his cunning brain and offensive capabilities, which are three times the normal strength. And that's a pretty creative skill set, given his physical attributes. Sure. Three heads. <laughs> that he's three times as strong and smart. Uh, a lot of thought went into that. And he fires these bursts of fireballs that you got to avoid. And so, yes, you're right, because you actually there are two appearances of Triclide as bosses. So two of the bosses, I guess, have things that you, do, you cannot catch. Fireballs. Right. Not something you want to catch in this game. <laughs> so they have these mushrooms stacked up in the beginning. Uh, and you can take those. The ideal thing to do, uh, which is what I did, is, is to build up a little barrier with the shrooms that you can stand behind. Yeah, I, I did that too, actually, because I thought it was cool that you could do it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to create some, some defensive fortifications for the battle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's the best way to approach it, and you stack them on a little platform there, and you just go back, grab a mushroom, and stay behind it, and right after he shoots, and the fireballs can't go through the, the mushrooms, you wait for him to hit the mushroom, and then fucking throw, chuck the, the mushroom over the top at his ass. And uh, he is also a three-hit boss, so you do that three times, he flies down, and like that, you know, his... his he does not, He has a very limited fireball trajectory too. He can only kind of fire in this downward thing. So, if you want, you know, you build that barrier. There's just he, it takes all the challenge out of it. He really wasn't that intimidating as a boss. Yeah, for sure. 
So if that's that, if that's their three times stronger guy, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I'm not your gang. Your gang does not have me worried. Your gang uh, seems so, like a bunch of pussies, to be honest. Yeah, so so far we're we're not we're not scared. So that takes you into world three and three one. This is where the Nintendo Power issue number one feature ends. Uh, ended rather. So yeah, up until this point, I for worlds one and two, I was using the Nintendo Power, which was nice to have the maps and know where the it tells you where the mushrooms is and our mushrooms are rather that's that's the only way i knew where that one was where i had to ride the the amazon ceos <laughs> uh the only way i would have known that is by using nintendo power so thank you nintendo power yes yeah, uh but this is where yeah the I, I am now on my own uh throughout because i forgot like i said that the second part which only covered it, it covered world three was only, as far as issue two went anyways so i would have had much longer to begin with but uh, i forgot that the second part was there so on my own, and they start you off here with a climbing cloud platform sequence with like a uh, a very like a full screen waterfall background animation <laughs> that looks to me like a prime example of the type of video game imagery that led to those epilepsy warnings that they put in instruction manuals. Yeah, yeah it's like this. Yeah, a very I don't know uh, visually jarring thing to say to say the least uh but my, my my next thought was after thinking about that was that's pure conjecture and i have no definitive knowledge or i had no definitive knowledge of what kind of shit can cause this type of seizure so i did some research and an article on epilepsy.com about photosensitivity and seizures seemed to suggest that my assumption was right it wasn't i, I didn't draw a direct parallel between the what i found but the, the verbiage I thought that was most relevant was certain visual patterns, especially stripes of contrasting colors. Yeah, so I was going to say the, the black and the white is what gets you. Yeah. So uh, the article of that will be in the show notes. It was it was an interesting read for sure. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so you go through this epileptic seizure causing fucking background area uh, as you climb vertically. And you got to commandeer another pigeon flying carpet here and move vertically with it instead of flying across some chasm which is a cool change mm -hmm. in usage and they have a bunch of those swooping amazon ceos uh that, until you get to the van, the vine at the top of that fucker and at the end of this there is another red birdo and it is a constricted platform that this was the first time that i really was challenged by birdo mm -hmm. uh in the game yeah me here. too actually so now i get you three two through three one into three two and we get our first instance of what the mislabeled Birdo, what, what they mislabeled Birdo as, rather, in the instruction manual. Uh, the Astros uh, are these kind of they're large birds with uh, like an ostrichy neck, like a little long neck deal. They kind of have like a, a furry back, you know. And the there's a they have a shy guy riding on them. So yeah, this part tripped me. I think I actually laughed at it, paused <laughs> it. And then I think I went and did other things, and this is actually where I ended. I just, for whatever reason, never got back to the game. So this is as far as I made it. Mm. So yeah, they, they ride around, and uh, I suppose I can understand the confusion. Ostros, Birdos, I can see calling these, you know. <laughs> sure. I get it. I, I know what happened. Yeah. Uh, so you work your way into a subterranean area that requires uh, like some problem solving with bombs, and then uh, you, you, you have to pull up the right ones from grass patches, or they'll blow up before you can get them to the wall you need to blow up. So, like, there's there's a whole shit ton of those dirt walls you got to get through to get through the area. And if you don't pull up the bombs in the right order, the way they're available to you, you will not be able to. You'll you'll just hit a dead end basically and have to 
go commit suicide <laughs> in right. the pit and try again, you know. Uh, and yeah, you you're almost certainly fucking it up a time or two. <laughs> right. The first time you encounter it, there's just no way to guess it. I think offhand, you know. So that's a somewhat brutal thing, you know. Where, like I said, it's the same as those mushrooms. Like the only way to get through this without fail, it, or rather, yeah, is to know basically. Like you, there's no way to know how to do some of the things in this game until you are taught or stumble into them, you know? And uh, that is a very unforgiving way to design a game. Sure. Yeah. So the tail end of the subterranean area has a subspace potion with two areas that you can... And yeah, it's another perfect example of that. Like, there, like you, you go through the door, and there are... You're on this platform, and on each side of the platform are the those dirt... They're not walls, because it's the ground in this case... And it only gives you one bomb. <laughs> so, like, it, you know, it has all the look of there's a mushroom here. And uh, and if you don't know which side of the platform to blow up before you go through the subspace thing, you're just fucked. And you're going to get, like, you know, that it it's not even cause the ones where, the, like, like you said, it's a fuck you to go through the door and there not be a mushroom there. You're like, okay, like I at least can't see. It's not tantalizing me to the point where I can't see it. In this case, if you pick the wrong one, you go through the door, and the mushroom is there staring you in the face. You just can't get to it. <laughs> so close, yet so far. Right. So, that yeah, that's a very prickish <laughs> thing to do to a player, too, you know. Um, but you go through that, and you get another red bird at the end of the level, and I'm pretty sure... I didn't, there's no way to prove this, really, unless I fucking... Uh, go frame by frame and with a stopwatch, but I felt like it fired at a faster clip than usual in this case, which was mm. interesting because uh, I s- assumed they were different from Birdo to Birdo, like the color to color, but I never would have assumed that there were any differences between them. So maybe I was wrong about that, but it's just how I felt. And you go the through... music go faster or something? Maybe like you thought the tempo maybe it made it <laughs> maybe just my emulator fucked up. Uh, no, it's... no, just no. The music was the same uh, as far as I could tell. It just felt like. He was fucking clipping them off at me faster, you know, which right. makes the fireball, the random fireball occurrence, again, that much more of a challenge because, right. you know, you just have less. Try to jump on a fireball and see how that treats you. Right. Right, right. And then World 3-3 is uh, not a ton going on it. You have to go through a labyrinth of those, like the industrial spaces, basically, with a like a crazy spark-guarded platforming challenge uh, that was a real bitch. But other than that, not a terrible amount of notable shit going on. And that the boss battle for World 3 is Mauser again. And, like, I don't really have a problem with having to battle another boss that we've seen in the game throughout it, but I felt like they could have divvied this up with, like, you know, the the second time you see Bald Bull and Mike Tyson's punch out is much further down the line than the first time you see him. Right. Uh, or relatively speaking, anyways. Uh, to only have one deviation from Mauser and then have to come back to him uh, again, I thought was a uh, a lack of attention to variant variance in this case. You know that that you know just even just one more I think would have maybe made this idea go away to me. But the fact they only had him one level apart from the last appearance of him, I thought was a little a little less uh, effort than could have been exerted, you know? Yeah. I mean, now that you say it, I get, I think they could have used another boss entirely. Yeah, I agree. Because, yeah. yeah, we yeah. They also get a second tri-clive, like we said. So exactly. there's two two cases of this out of seven levels. Like there's that's... constant Birdo. Yeah. Yeah, very quick succession, Mauser and tri-clive. 
Yeah, just throw another one in there, and you don't have to do this shit at all. Right. And so this is a, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. The note I wrote down was a, it's a very green conscious development team uh, idea here with the recycling of the bosses, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so, but yeah, so he's even, he is even harder this time, though. You have to hit him six times instead of three, so that's the difference. Uh, and there's less cover. Uh, like the platform, he's there's less cover to guard yourself from the bombs, and the platform he's on is higher up. So really, to to do the cheese tactic, you have to, uh, you ideally are going to need Princess or, or or Luigi. Like you, may, I don't even think you're able to do it probably with Toad or Mario. Mm. Would be my guess, you know. Uh, but I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just required the the. Yeah, we never said that actually too. That with the jumping mechanic, you can kneel down or oh, squat, squat down rather. And then after a few, a second or two, you will start to flash, and that's kind of like your power up of your jump. And you, can, when you release the jump button out of that, uh, or hit the jump button out of that, rather, you will go up higher than normal. Right. And it's like a super case, jump. Yeah. In the case of Luigi, it's particularly powerful. Right. Yeah. There's there's areas you can get to in this or platforming jumps that only Luigi can basically make in this game with that power jump that no other character is able to. Mm. Uh, you get basically a whole nother tier or you know horizontal fucking space in the game you can go up uh with luigi that the other characters cannot so that is highly useful in many cases mm-hmm. uh, I, I like one of the, the places i thought it it came up most often was probably in the uh those industrial vertical spaces with the, with the spark platforming you know if you want to just avoid <clears throat> one one it would be two in most cases uh platforming tiers that you would have to get through with like some fast ass moving spark on them you could often jump past them entirely to um a platform higher up than any other character than luigi would be able to get to you know and just skip that part so right a big part of why i stayed luigi throughout the game yeah it's the same reason i always pick uh like lock picking and computer hacking skills and games like fallout and shit right because i don't like having areas of games closed off to me yep there's a locked door and i can't get into it I'm writing that shit down, and I'm coming back when I can. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the the total sidebar. I fucking I love the computer hacking thing, and it's so tedious too. You you encounter it so much, but I still enjoy it every single time. In which game is this? And in, in the Fallout's. Oh yeah, it's a clever system. Yeah, and and, and like once you know the like the cheese tactic of it is you know is is basically just scanning for the left brackets and left parentheses to get the. It's anything that puts it, 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 yeah, brackets or parenthetical. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, they basically will take options out and leave, you know. Uh, or give you, like, the you know, your tries back. Right. So, yeah, it's fucking, uh, even knowing that, it's still fun for some reason. Right. Uh, a throwback uh, feeling to my, my, my teenage year interest in computer programming. Uh, even though it's there's nothing about that that's programming related. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, uh, but close enough. This is a computer yeah, screen. Fuck just it. the suggestion of it. Right. And then it is on to four one and the uh, back nine per se of this video game. <laughs> and level world four is an ice level, which is. Fuck. Oh God! I'm glad <laughs> I quit then. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty. Yeah, exactly. This is. I'm pretty sure this is about where I traditionally fell off the map playing as a kid. I was going to say, I think as far as I made it was literally as far as I made it as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ice levels are a real drag. <laughs> in Mario and any, I mean, any, virtually any video game. 
They are a real drag. Oh, they actually have less drag. They do, yes. Literally. But literally. I wasn't speaking literally, Jeb. <laughs> I'm talking about that friction. Right, 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 right. Uh, you go through uh, like a horizontal sequence. You're fucking dealing with a bunch of them. And, like, they're often, they often have these, you know, they'll, they'll put, like, two levels of ice blocks that you got to go through. And the little fuckers will be flying back and forth and then dropping down. On to the next one. Yeah, it's just, I don't even, it's, they're fucked. Very fucked little areas, uh, these things. So, deal with some of that. And then you get, you, at least, I think there might be, because I didn't do any warping. Uh, I, I believe there might be a rocket ship or two earlier on that are secret things that you can get with, uh, that take you to warp zones. But as far as like the logical progression of the game or the traditional progression of the game, this is the first instance of the rocket ship uh, is at the end of the first area here. And it, <clears throat> it's cool. It's like I said, one of the cool things in the game I mentioned when I was uh, talking about the box art, uh, this would have been a cool thing to put on it, but yeah, you pull up a grass patch and then it fucking a rocket ship appears and you're in it and it just rockets your ass to a, a new, a, a different area, <laughs> you know, which is <laughs> just an out of fucking nowhere, cool thing uh, to put in a Mario game. Uh, even though I know they didn't, initially put it in a Mario game but very cool so in that case uh it this takes you to an area with a bunch of auto bomb enemies which first present to you the shy guys that ride these like these tall shooting vehicles I don't know they're not tanks they're, they're like vertical it's like a it's like a gun on a cart kind of it looks like a, like a really half-assed fucking engineering design uh <laughs> of a military vehicle of some kind um so yeah, they ride around with shy guys on them, and you can you can actually jump on them and throw the shy guy off and ride these things sometimes. And there are problem sets in some cases where you have to do that uh, in the game. But I can kind of remember that for some reason. Yeah, but I, I I certainly did not get that far in this playthrough. Yeah, I mean they're they're very memorable looking for sure. I mean, I mean it's, uh, they're fine. I mean it's a creative thing, but. Um, yeah, first time you see those, and there is no Birdo here, though, which was nice. The first time they do that to you in a non-third level, you know, uh, which was notable. So they knew that that level was a prick. <laughs> uh, and World 2. Um, fuck this level. This is might have been the shittiest level in the game. Okay. Possibly. There's some ones later on that were a motherfucker too, but definitely without a doubt the biggest fuck you so far in the game. Uh, hmm. it, it starts off with a a pattern memorizing horizontal sequence where you're just like you're just avoiding the pink Amazon CEOs flying at you. They just like they're constantly coming at you uh, from the right as you're trying to progress that direction, and you're on ice so. When you are touching the ground, you don't have steady footing. And then these things are swooping down at you constantly. And then also, they drop the flurries flying at you on the ground. So, like, it is just, like I said, the, literally the only way to do it. You, you can, no fucking way, just read and react through the levels. There's just no fucking way. Mm-hmm. you got to memorize every flight pattern and every flurry instance and oh, just... God fucking memorize your way through it uh yeah and there, was, there was an abundance of profanity directed my television <laughs> getting through this level or this area rather of this level and the second area is one of the it's it's 
as much as I said, fuck this level, it's funny that this is there, but it might be, there's, it's a whale section, basically. You, the second area, it, it's like you're at sea, kind of, and all the platforms are these big, black, kind of blocky-looking whales. And the whales have blowholes, of course, and you can ride their water spouts up to higher areas, and their tails are sticking out as, like, little uh, one-space platforms, too. And, like, this, the imagery of it just, like, made a really big imprint on me as a kid. Like, I remember, like, this is one of the really lasting images of this game uh, that I feel has always been there, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, they just look really cool, and... Um, it's uh, it's not a. It, this part is not particularly difficult. There, there was an area where I still died a bunch, but c- comparatively to the first area, not nearly as bad. And it looks cool enough to where you can fucking kind of deal with that. But, um, I could not. There was this is this is, uh, they threw a, like a really, and I died so many times too that I had a million shots at it. But there was I could not find the mushroom. Uh, you only get one subspace potion in this area here, I believe, and I could not find the fucking mushroom. I went back and like I said, I, mean, I, I died in this area probably ten times, and <laughs> uh, I fucking could not find the mushroom anywhere, you know, uh, which is such a fuck you, um, right? To to throw at you and uh, yeah, a very difficult level no less. So yeah, I just looked it up on uh, I looked up the Mario Two Whales, and I I don't think I ever saw those shits. Really? Yeah, there's yeah. it's super cool, dude. and especially when you go into subspace, like the silhouette. Of this level looks really cool too. All right. Okay. Um, there is another rocket ship up to the home stretch at the end of the area, and there is a red birdo on ice at the end, which is the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fighting birdo without equal, uh, steady footing is a real prick. So, not talking shit anymore, huh? No. Yeah. So that really sucked. And level four three was the first time I thought to myself, is there only one music track for the overworld in this entire game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, not even just the overworld. One for the overworld, one for the underworld, and one for the boss areas. Like, it is... I don't know. Is that... I mean, I was also thinking, like, is that always the case with Mario? Like, does Mario 3... Is that all the same music for the overworlds? No, because, that. yeah, I mean, the... Egypt has like the, or the the desert level has kind of that Egyptian. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're different from world to world. So yeah, that was that sucked actually. Which uh, is it's too bad because the music in this game is fantastic. Yeah, well that's like, like, like ragtimey Western stuff. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, is the music so good for Mario that I never noticed that that's always the case? Right. <laughs> you know, that is, that it is the, it's just repetitive. But no, yeah, I mean, even, yeah, we were talking about yeah because the Super Mario Land even had like that. Egyptian level had its own music too, so um, yeah, it's not the same. So yeah, what the fuck's up with that? Why didn't they? Didn't seem like it would have been that difficult to throw in another track. Yeah, well, you, you know, good music takes time, but like sure. But said, I feel like it, they, they took the time to do it well. You know, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, they took. They always take the time with these games. So yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that there, there wasn't more music. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even have like I said, I didn't even send you a, a music track because I thought there weren't enough. There's only so many, <laughs> to, right? To, to, to do it. Uh, so this level starts with a subspace potion. You have no idea where the fuck to use it to get the mushroom, uh, which is, again, just another fuck you. And there is also a birdo as soon as you step outside, Mm. as opposed to at the end, which seemed really weird. But you quickly, because you, if you try to progress, uh, past the birdo, um, hopefully don't kill it. 
<laughs> uh, if you try to progress, you, it's just like there's a huge ravine that you, you, you there's no way to get across. So oh, like, and you have you, to ride the egg across. Yeah, it's, it spits the egg out and ride. You have to ride it all the way across. And it's a uh, like that's something that like yeah, there's a few instances of this. Cause like I said, I mean, this is I think this is further than I ever got. And I somehow it's, there's so many cases of this with these early Nintendo games, like. I just know it. I just know what to do, you know? And like, it's crazy. Right. It's like to, to never for, to know what to do like that and it not be pattern movement that I have done a million times already. is crazy, man. It's just the amount of Nintendo useless Nintendo information that my young mind sucked up and stored permanently. is crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. There, there really has to be some valuable sociological data as far as how Nintendo was able to make their games so intuitive that you like that even children can do it like yeah and that you also just remember that shit and can apply it years later like when you don't even right really do that anymore you know yeah but i mean you know i i think yes that's 100 percent true too and i agree uh, what i'm saying is though, like i retain it i retain this information without even doing that so like i picked this up in a Nintendo Power or a fucking classified, you know, a classified information blurb or something at some point. And even though I never had to apply the it, knowledge, yeah, apply the knowledge, I still retained it. Right. And was able to draw it almost instantaneously, draw on it rather, almost instantaneously when I needed it 30 years later. That's fucking yeah. nuts. <laughs> That's human fucking beings crazy. are fucking amazing critters, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The human mind is crazy. Uh, but also, too, you know, that's the, uh, a credit to uh, – probably maybe it's not a credit. Maybe it's like a, a sadistic uh, manipulation <laughs> of children, uh, of you know, salesmanship to children uh, to, to make this that important to them, you know? Right. Because um, this is certainly not universally applicable or useful knowledge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, to, to one's just life. Like, to survive like anything, like this can fucking – be used in nefarious ways. <laughs> if you stop and think about it for a minute, you're like, I could control people with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you head and say, so you get across that and you head inside a vertical platform climb where the platforms are now ice, which is fucking just great. You know, <laughs> and there's a, just what it, everyone's looking for. Right. It, yeah. And like the vertical climbs are of course only one, uh, screen width. Um, so they drop those flurry things on you in a rather relatively constrained horizontal space. That means that they are constantly flying down out of your fucking head from above. And that sucks, of course. So that was a bitch. And it takes you to uh, an exterior area on with some castle wall tops. And I looked it up, fucking jab. <laughs> uh, they're called Merlins and Crinnels. Does that ring bells? Maybe not the Merlin part, but I th I think I was referring to them as crenellations. I might have been referring to them in that, general. Yeah, that actually does sound familiar. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. called they're they're called Merlins and crenels. So the uh, um, the Merlins are the not empty space, and the crenels are the empty space uh, in in this in the architecture. You know. Oh, okay, so you'd hide behind the Merlin. Right, and shoot through the crinals, correct. Right, okay. And and I knew that hiding and shooting was a thing. That's why I said arrow slit. Right, yeah. No, yeah, we were, yeah, we were definitely talking I about the right thing. off castle parts, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the right thing. We, we were on the same page. You just didn't have the... I was so sure that you had the information, uh, or the, the terminology, rather. Right. I think I did. I, I said crenellation, so I'm, I'm going to give myself a point on that. <laughs> Fine, point of what? Like, uh, what's that, around the horn, 
uh, on ESPN. Like, yeah. Okay, seven points, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think you can take away points for that. Yeah. No, you should start the show off. You know how it'd be like, oh yeah, we're starting the show off, and it turns out Jeff was right with crenellation, so we're gonna start the show with five extra points, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. So uh, yeah. You, what you have to do here is you have to like carry a potion up some clouds on the left side of the level and jump across all the Merlins all the way to the back to the end of the level where you found the potion and the mushroom is up there or close to where you found the, the potion rather uh, on the lower level and it's on like the very last Merlin you know which is uh, make it as difficult as you can you know sure uh, at this point that's what they're doing with the mushrooms they're no longer just like you're gonna have to work for it yeah you know no, no more easy power ups here in the latter half of this game Right. Um, yeah. So I yeah I was able to fucking as I say the safe scum my way to do it, but I was definitely like hardcore like fuck you I'm finding the mushroom in this case you cocksuckers <laughs> like yeah I just safe scum my way until I figured it out. Uh, so that uh, you get through that and you get to the boss battle for this world and it is Fry Guy and uh, not the same Fry Guy as the the McDonald's character that was actual French fries, but. It is the description is a hothead. Uh, do you like that Nintendo power pun, Jeb? Hothead for a all fire boss. Oh, okay, right, right. See, I didn't know he was all fire. Yeah. I, again, I haven't made it this far, and I don't read the instruction booklet. So. <laughs> well, yeah, he is a, a hothead fireball that flies around shooting fireballs at you. Okay. So the actual in, uh, instruction manual description is: Wart gave life to this entity, which is created from fire. He spits fireballs when he is mad. So yeah, I quickly noticed uh, he doesn't fire upwards, so the smart money seemed to be using, uh, like it drops you down, and the, you know, there's kind of like the, a bunch of different tiers of platforms, and the upper tier, he never really, he can fly up and kind of come through the bottom of the platform and hit you a little, or get, you know, if you just stood there, he would be able to hit you, but if you, for the most part, beyond the top level, kind of keeps you out of his fucking flight path, and they drop, when they drop you down, there's two mushrooms as that are like part of the top platform, like in the very middle, that if you very quickly run off after you pull up, you can pull it up from the where it's at and not fall down, you know? Oh, right, right, okay. And those are the ideal ammunition for beating this fucker, and you can kind of just go to the edge of that upper platform, and when he flies to the periphery, uh, basically just drop the mushroom straight down, you know? And and hit him hit him as as it flies down, and that still requires you're gonna have to jump down eventually because you only have two. Sure. Uh, you need to hit his ass three times, and you got to time it just right, yeah. Right, you got to be there. Right, exactly. And then yeah, when you after you fucking they they up the ante big time though with him because after you hit him three times and he seemingly dies, he actually turns into four little ones, which is oh, like shit. that's one of the worst things video games can do to you, you know, mm-hmm. where you like think you killed something and then it fucking just turns into a bunch of really hard fucking uh, aerial enemies. Uh, I got super fucking lucky with this though in the instance I was playing. Like I was down on the ground when I did that and like the part that he died in, it kind of quarantined the four that dropped out of him into this one little area. So I was I was already small, like for when I when I fight. he was not an easy boss, and I was already small when I fucking killed him. So like I literally just was in a place where I could just drop a mushroom and like kill all four of them at once. So there's no way I would have. Oh, okay. Not sure, you know. So I got pretty lucky to beat beat that fucker, and it was definitely not an easy boss fight, and probably the most without a doubt the most challenging and probably the most fun one and the most satisfying to date. 
in the game. So that takes you on to World 5. And World 5 is, uh, I guess, the like theme of it is it's rather traditional uh, and comparative to the first world. But the overworld is at night now, you know. Mm-hmm. So shit is getting serious. You know, nighttime means shit is serious in video games. So sure. that's the step they have taken here. And you... In, in level five one, you quickly work your way into a subterranean area where you have to do a shit ton of jumping across some waterfalls uh, on these trouters. Like, there's no platforms. There's the uh, they're called trouters, and they're these fish that jump up. You you see them earlier on in the game, uh, but you, you don't rip, you don't have to use them as platforms in those cases. There's logs. In this case, there are no logs. There's just the trouters. And at the end of this, you get a white birdo, which is your first appearance of those, and. That apparently means all fireballs. <laughs> uh. Uh, so that takes the catch the egg thing completely out of the equation, uh, which maybe in some case, in some to some degree, is almost a blessing uh, than like having to read and react on the occasional fireball. But uh, it, in most cases, they only give they give you it's always mushrooms, and they give you a limited amount of ammunition, you know, to 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 use. And in this case, it was just one fucking mushroom, which okay, is okay. So you got to go get the one that you hit him exactly. with. Exactly. Like when you hit them, you know, the fucker, those fuckers don't go. The mushrooms do not go far, and the birdos do not necessarily, usually don't really have a ton of range to the area where they move. So you're usually really putting yourself in harm ways to go recollect that fucking mushroom right. when there's not a lot of them, you know. So that is without a doubt the challenge with that fucker in this case. And on to 5 2. Bunch of ways. This is just, this whole world is a lot of precision jumping, basically. This, this is more of that. You're going from. There's like trees that you can climb up with hoopsters uh, milling up and down them, you know, and like you have to jump to the the hoopsters are those things that climb the vines. Uh, in this case, there are not vines; they're just on the trees. But th- they don't hurt you. Uh, but they do move. They don't hurt you if you land on top of them. Uh, if you land, if you run to the side of them, they still hurt you. Or if they come down on top of you, they hurt you. But the whole thing is, it's like it's basically yes, a fast moving up and down platform that you got to jump to from space to space, you know, so at the end of that, there's a long vine climb with, uh, they're called Sniffets, which are the jumping gray bullet version of Shy Guys. Um, that was something I, you know, the, I thought the especially playing a Mario game, like, you know, you just, we just inherently know all the names to all the, all the characters in, in Mario games for the most mm-hmm. part, because there's been so many games we've been fucking blasted with them over the years. Right. But this is because it is, you know, Doki Doki Panic and all the enemies are different. Uh, they are all, you know, unique and interesting names that like every time I got to one, I, I, I had the impetus partly because it's doing research for the podcast, but like I had the, I had the incentive to like open the instruction manual and go, what are these things? You know, yeah. who um, exactly are you? Right, which is fun, I guess, to some degree. So, yes, yeah, so you're going through a long vine climb with those, and then also the gray Amazon CEOs, uh, which are, I guess, the difference. The pink ones, I think, I think those, I think the pink ones are the ones that fly straight, or maybe the pink ones swoop and the gray ones don't, and they just fly straight at you, you know? So, uh, they have a slightly different moving pattern, basically, for the gray to the pink ones. And,. You're basically just hoping to get lucky <laughs> uh, the first few deaths here, uh, which would have been like a, you know, again, this, it's one thing with save states and shit, but on the OG hardware, uh, it's just, uh, it's a total life suck. It's, you don't know where to go. It's, it's a total life suck area where like they're just trying to whittle you down here, you know, and you just got to hope you get right um, because 
there's no way there's, yeah there's just no way to do it uh from a read and react standpoint it's it's you have to memorize and know where to go uh because you're falling yeah this is this is actually a falling situation you're not climbing so okay. you're, you're 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 falling down like you gotta do this come out of the door there's a like a pow block plugging up a hole you pull the fucking block out and then fall down this hole and it's like four or five screens that you gotta go down there's spikes on the walls and shit yeah this is what and, i'm picturing right Right, and then yeah, you gotta like if you don't know to fall to the right, you're just you're gonna die. <laughs> right, yeah. I hope you have a lot of lives. Exactly, you know. So, all right, it's just brutal. It's fucking brutal game design. That is sure. crazy when you think, because like you could go in there with like, is there a continue in this game? I think there are continues. Okay, I was gonna say because that's crazy to get there with like two lives and be like, I think nope, it takes you. I, I think they take you back continue. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think they take you back to the level one. Okay. Well. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? That's Nine, I guess. I don't know. That's the game. So after that joy, they give you a red birdo here just to fucking turn the knife. And level five three, this level fucking totally sucks. And there is a red birdo at the end. It's the easiest part of the whole level. I'm not even gonna talk about it. Because <laughs> you have uh, talked about it already. That's just a bitch. Uh, and then the boss battle for five is claw grip and. Uh, it's a grab the, grabs the fucking, it's a, it's a, it's a crab that grabs rocks and chucks them at you, you know? Mm -hmm. And the instruction manual description is, he grows suddenly and he is surprisingly skilled at throwing rocks, which is a, which is a surprisingly undescriptive description. <laughs> right. Uh, that's so I, yeah, it's, that's it. <laughs> that's the wow. one thing. Uh, <laughs> one, one sentence with no information. And, that one in. Right. Hey, and, that's enough. And yeah, they. Uh, I definitely never fought this dude either, for sure. And it's pretty tough. Uh, I, I died uh, a few times, for sure. You can't catch the rocks, uh, so I guess that's a difference too. We said that was a big thing. So yeah, so this one is not about catching them in motion. You have to jump on them and pick them up. Uh, if you try to just catch them when he throws them at you, it hurt, they hurt you. So, which makes sense. They're boulders, <laughs> but uh, and, but they're much faster than a lot of the previous projectiles that you had to retrieve. Um, not to mention they bounce in a, in a rather unpredictable pattern. So. Yeah. This is definitely, you know, uh, not an easy boss battle by any length. They have, it, there was a little, like, kind of a horseshit aspect to this boss battle, too. So, like, he's pulling them from, like, you can see the stack of rocks that he's pulling from to throw at you behind him, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can easily get over to, or jump over him and land on the stack of rocks, but you can't pick those rocks up, you uh -huh. know. Like, he, like, pulls out of it, but they don't, like, it's, like, the same five sprites, uh, and he just pulls some, like, you know, there's an infinite amount. The sprites don't disappear as he pulls from them. So like, there's right. a stack there, and you can't pull up from that stack. Because if you could, you could literally just stand behind him and just fucking drop him on his head, you know? That's right. Uh, which, yeah, it's a little bit of a bullshit thing. Uh, it should, like, fall down from above, and he catches them or something just to take that horse shit thing out of it, you know? Maybe the but, uh, story mechanic is that you're not strong enough to pick him up. I guess. But you pick them up later, once they've been thrown. Uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's my fucking that's most Nintendo narrative solution. <laughs> the writing budget was probably like five hundred bucks. Right. Uh, so uh, I I did learn a cheese tactic though, where I could where you like there's like a like this like the because he throws the rocks and they need to go somewhere otherwise the screen would fill up if you don't you know because if you don't pick them up and throw them they didn't go they they eventually fall down this hole and kind of bounce down these steps that lead up to a little tiny pit that's right in front of him uh, or in front of the platform that he's on. So if you go down to that lowest level, 
steep path of, of the rocks, and they will eventually bounce down to you. And there's still a little bit of challenge because you, you can't always – the spot you're standing on, they're not always in an ideal place where they're bouncing through to go down the pit to get them off the fucking screen. So, like, it's, it's still not easy, but it's the, the easiest place to be, and you can kind of get them, and then just – you're because – the rocks he's thrown at you are way over your head in this case. You don't you're not really at risk of being hit as you throw the rock at his ass, you know. So Right. Um figuring that out is what I need to do to get through his ass. Uh it's a it's a whack his ass three times situation. Um and uh yeah, that was fucking that boss battle. And then on to the second to last world, six here, and it's back to a desert setting, and they add a lot of quicksand, which quicksand in video games is always tricky, um, and it's no different in this case. Uh, this is the level that made me want to take a break from Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did guess right on, on the smash point for one of the potions I found here, and that was the first time in a while that had happened on the first instance, which uh, both surprised and motivated me to a degree. Got me going again. And the Underworld has, uh, the, it's like the second area of the, of the level, has all these jars. Um, and a few which have the snakes that come out of them, which is not the first time you've seen this. Uh, but this is like, it's like the whole, there's like a million of them in this case. And you don't know which ones are going to have snakes jumping out of them. And you're basically looking for a key in one of these fucking things out of, you know, like fucking 30 of them that there are to go through the door at the end. And every time you go down into one of the jars and come back up, all the snakes that you've killed are back, uh, which is, yeah, it's just a, it's a fucked situation because they're, you know, a bunch of, like, it's one thing to approach from the left and kill them one by one. It's another to come up in a jar that's in between in the a middle bunch, of it. Yeah, a bunch of them on both sides of you, so. Right. This was a brutal area to some degree, too, until, you know, you know, and and there is just, they made, it was, you know, it was just, it was totally a random one towards the end. There, like, there, was, there was no way to, like, there was no clue to infer which jar Seemingly to me, unless I missed it, uh, to infer which jar had the key in it, you know. So I had to, literally had to go through and check each each one. Right, and I was gonna say like it sounds like what they're gonna say is like you have to go down these things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that that was that was uh, a real motherfucker. And at the end, you get a green burrow, and that's a, that's all fireballs also. And there, you have to lug these three mushrooms up. Oh, let's say it's the challenge here i guess is yeah you have to like get the mushroom and then get it over this fucking platform thing down and then throw it at his ass mm-hmm. uh and it's as, every bit as much of a pain in the ass as the rest of the level so they're just yeah at this point i mean the game is just fucking relentless dude like i mean i yeah as a there's just no way as a kid uh, getting the, from six one on the game gets to a point where in my opinion without safe states it would not be fun really <laughs> uh May not even be fun with them, but definitely not fun without. Right. Uh, so, uh, moving on anyways, the overworld in 6-2 is a bird riding sequence where you have to, like, you like riding the bird and you have to jump over shit as the bird's flying and land back on the bird, you know. Mm. Uh, which, um, surprisingly, was not as hard as it sounds, but uh, it is certainly a new mechanic. So they're still throwing new shit at you even this far into the game, and that's of note, I guess. Uh, you get another green birdo at the end. Only two mushrooms this time, so even fucking harder. And six three is another. This is another one of those instances where, like, despite never having played this stage in my entire life, I'm 100 percent certain. You start the level, 
and I knew like there's quicksand to the left of you, uh, of the ladder that brings you out at the beginning. And I just, it's like up against a wall, like a big, all, all the way to the top of the screen wall. And I just knew that I could go underneath that wall in the quicksand. I just knew it. <laughs> right. And when you started saying that, I, it sounded familiar to me too, for some reason. Right. And yeah. I mean, I I there's one... something at the bottom of that quicksand. Yep. Yeah. And you can basically, you can, you can ride, uh, or yeah, you have to like go down and like kind of discern when you're far enough down to start doing it. Uh, and underneath the ice, it scrolls a little bit. So if you're holding left, uh, it will start to scroll a little bit before you die. But basically, to not die while you go underneath the wall, you have to keep keep hitting jump, you know, and 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 right. just bounce your head off the bottom of the wall, uh, beneath the quicksand until you get the, get out the other side. So I tried it, and it's a shortcut straight a, a shortcut straight to the pyramid that Birdo was in, and then the boss battle. But I didn't want to take the shortcut; I wanted to see this whole game. So I loaded like a good little boy, and uh played the level and the overworld leg of the level is pretty cake so that was uh, i guess not too big of a fuck you to me that i that i tried to do it the hard way and at the end of it too it was cool there's there's this to go down into the underworld part uh of the the second area of the level there's kind of this oversized door that, that looks like a monster mouth at the end you know and, and when you go it's there's other than that there's nothing of note about it you go through the doorway and you come up inside an underground area with through one of those lights shining up from the ground doors, you know, that, right. that uh, even that is also oversized, you know. So they, they took the time to have that only one instance of the game, unique sprite match the outdoor version of it. And, yeah, it seems to have no functional difference whatsoever. It's just an added aesthetic touch for what I guess might be the second-to-last world's end sequence, you know. And that's cool, right. I thought. Uh, not even, yeah, I, I took a screenshot of it. It was cool enough to me to take a screenshot and fucking posted on Reddit, got a lot of people going, oh, I've never seen that before because they take the fucking either the warp zones or that shortcut, you know? So uh, that's cool that they kind of, you know, to me, I view that as like a little reward for having went the hard way, you know? Right, uh, yeah, because it seems I, like everybody appreci- does it the other way. Yeah, I, so I appreciated that. That was cool. Because, uh, you know, I'm that, sadly, or not sadly, but, you know, just by the nature of programming, that stupid door difference probably took a whole fucking day. <laughs> you know, or yeah, whole like, that mattered to somebody. Day. Sure. Uh, so the subterranean area is unlike any other, and it is, like, these small jars, uh, the ones that I mentioned are the bob-ombs, the, um, that's actually the technical name of the auto-bomb things, and they, uh, they, wait, maybe the auto bombs are what the carts are called. In any event, whatever. These are the bob bombs with feet, or the, the bombs with feet, rather. Uh, and they're called bob bombs for sure, because I wrote it here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're constantly coming up out of these jars, and uh, there's ladders, you have like, so there's like these like half-assed ladders hanging above them. So the idea is that you're running up, jumping up and hanging onto these ladders in a somewhat vertically constricted space and kind of like waiting for the opening of the bombs blowing up below you to have an open spot that you can jump down into and run to the next instance of the ladder, you know? So it's, yeah, very different mechanic. You don't see anywhere else in the game uh, that was less than easy for sure. And then, and also the, the, uh, you could, what could happen is if the, if the bomb would blow up close enough to the jar, it would kill the jar, but that's the only way for the jar to die is for one of the, its own, its own uh, 
uh, spawns to kill it, you know. So, right. but that didn't. It was not. That was not a reliable thing by any length. But it could happen. Uh, so then you get to a maze uh, of walls. You need to bomb uh, again, kind of like that earlier instance where there's not enough bombs, and you're kind of like figuring out what I blow up to get through this fucking area. Um, and they drop a mushroom in here that you got to be. You just got to know what what to have blown up, you know. So there's kind of a fucking a little bit of a fuck you sequence for those bombs and walls here to get through. And now that I'm thinking about this, is there? There's not a timer in this game, right? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, it never was a problem for me, but I wasn't paying a lot of attention, so I don't know. That's a. You know, I don't think there is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure not. I can't think of. I can't think of a time I ever died, uh, from a fucking run out of time. Right. So coming out of there, there is a like a really elaborate vertical climb. Uh, that yeah, looks like a network of vines with hoopsters crawling up and down on them. Uh, and it basically, if you get through, get through that, it, it drops you off to where the shortcut took you, which is like a, a again, like a, an effort to aesthetically differentiate what is getting close to be close to the end of the game because, like, the, the area into the birdo sequence, uh, which they do give you a birdo here, uh, as opposed to just a crystal right before the boss, you know, uh, and it's it's in kind of this big, huge pyramid, you know, uh, which is cool. Looks cool. Uh, and it's a red birdo in there. And those, again, alternate eggs and fireballs uh, after all the shit you've been through to this point. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then your boss battle is the second triclide, triclide two. And in this case, there's no cover. So, uh, and furthermore, the three-headed prick is pretty high up, so that, that downward trajectory thing that was kind of a hindrance to his attack power uh, in the first instance is not present here. So he's without a doubt harder. Uh, I did uh, like I died once, and then uh, saw like kind of discerned a rather logical cheese tactic, uh, basically taking the rightmost mushroom and crouch right at the edge of the pit in front of them and wait till you're flashing and again this was a instance of thank god you have luigi you know i think maybe it would have been harder maybe not even possible without and right after the fire fireball burst you can jump up and nail his ass with 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 a mushroom that way um and that was kind of that will come up later because wart is is a beast of a boss battle and um learning the cheese tactic for both this and the fucking crab uh is probably had that not had I not had those previous experiences, I probably would not have cooked up how I beat Wart, and that would have been a incredibly more difficult <laughs> uh, boss battle of this game. So, did it seem like did you do that naturally? This this uh, this second triclide thing that helped you with the Wart battle, or did you feel like it was kind of like uh, like did they want you to use that tactic, or did you feel like you kind of cheesed it a little bit? I think yeah. I mean, I think. All, in all three cases that I did this, uh, that was kind of like just up against the pit thing right in front of the boss. Right. Uh, I, I felt like it was probably not that's it, yeah, not the traditional thing. Like the I think the traditional thing in all cases was more of a kind of run out to the left and jump over the projectile and throw that fucking thing across half a, across half a screen and hit his ass. You know. Right. In all cases, that's probably the harder more like um you know satisfying or uh 
more the way heroic. they envisioned. Yeah, the more heroic way. Okay. Uh, these things for sure. Uh, but fuck that, man. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I want to find the path of least resistance. <laughs> Smarter, not harder. Right. So on to World 7, the end of this fucking game, basically. So the ground, if you want to go in parentheses, you want to call that uh, in this level uh, 7 1 is in the, in the first area is it's those dirt bricks that you can blow up with bombs, you know? Yeah. And this is where they have birds dropping the walking bombs on your head constantly. Oh, God. So, not only are you avoiding those bombs constantly, but they blow up the fucking platform when they, when they blow up. So you, it turns into like this precision platforming thing with constantly falling, exploding projectiles. So as I'm sure that sounds, it's a real motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You, you traverse this shit show to a door at the end that goes into a room uh, with no other exit uh, in it, like a one-screen room. And there's two sparks circling a mushroom, and or one circling a mushroom and one circling a platform. And there's a subspace mushroom opportunity in here. And there's so there's nowhere to go in here and nowhere to go outside, which was a total, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> sure. Uh, so it took, it took me a little bit uh, to figure it out, but I did. It is a – you have to jump on it because the birds are flying everywhere, right? Like I said, with dropping the bombs outside. Mm. So what you actually have to do is get to the end, and there's like the room that I mentioned you go into that looks that seems like a dead end, is uh, a low enough exter- the exterior of it is a low enough platform that you can jump up onto, and you have to actually catch a bird going back the other way and ride uh-huh. it all the way across the whole stage that you went through. Oh my god! And, and yeah, and at the very end, there's a series of tall pillars. Uh, or a pillar rather to jump over to, and then a platform with some more pillars. And in there is a uh, a grass patch you can pull up to get a rocket to the next level. So, uh, yeah, I mean it was a little you know like fucking Bravo Nintendo, good fucking play. It was it was it required some some some. I did not doing. Yeah, I did not expect it at all. Uh, I definitely spent some time, a few seconds for, or a few minutes where I was like, what the fuck, man. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, the last level game should have that. You know, it's frustrating. It should probably be a little tricky, right? For sure. And not every game tries that hard, so. Sure. And the second area involves some pretty clever real-time puzzles where uh, it's like the the shy guy faucets uh, and a lot of, so the same jars that the bombs come out of that I mentioned, uh, there are also some shy guy ones that... You're, you're, you're in a, it's a vertical area, so the, again, constricted horizontal space. And if in a constricted horizontal space where shy guys are infinite, uh, it creates a very clustered <laughs> uh, situation, you know, where you basically have no safe place to go. Right. Uh, so you have to move pretty fastly, quickly through those areas, or there's too many fucking shy guys to even get through it you they're know? just gonna so pile that, up right right so yeah it creates a, a sense of urgency for sure that uh compounds the difficulty of this area as all last levels before final bosses should probably do yeah for sure and yeah even like they even one of the like in some cases you had to there's like these like the an opportunity to mushroom stack basically and wall off the shy guy faucets you know okay uh, that's kind of the solution to them too so yeah like that's a real-time puzzle aspect to it right and at the end of this baby they give you a white birdo it's all fireballs uh only one mushroom to work with and i, I mean at this point you know, of course so close and the game's so hard at this point that you're just like 
fucking kamikaze into things, and I very much did that in this case. Uh, I think I was like a, I had a three. I'd gotten one mushroom, so I had a, a three mushroom situation, and like just fucking hope for the best. Barrel into him with the fucking mushroom, and hopefully he runs out of life before I do. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, when you have fucking only one mushroom and a white birdo, it's like it's near impossible. Uh, yeah, because you got you have to just fucking get up close to him to get that thing back. Right. Yeah, it's tough. Right. So, uh, lastly, is 7-2, of course, as we already mentioned. And there's some light overworld bullshit before hitting uh, a pretty imposing castle facade. So, again, a nice aesthetic touch to uh, the end sequence here of the game. And there is an insane spark-laden vertical climb into a conveyor belt area where they're throwing the fucking kitchen sink at you at all times. So <laughs> they made this as hard as they could possibly make it, uh, leading up to... The the boss battle and yeah so there's like a <laughs> you have to find the last fucking area of this seven two stint here with the conveyor belts actually has a bird out of fight and there is maybe at most two thirds of a screen width that you're working with total area okay on a conveyor belt Ugh. with the alternate like I said the red birdo so it's alternating between fireballs and and eggs so like I mean half the time you're this took so many attempts, but like half the time you're dying from because when the eggs hit a wall, like the eggs can hurt you. We already said the eggs can hurt you, right? So yeah. when the eggs hit a wall, they bounce off of them. They don't fly through walls. So right. with the conveyor belt, you're always kind of inevitably pushed up against the wall. You know, you don't want to be on the side that the conveyor belt is coming from because then you're t- constantly getting thrown into Birdo. So right. you're only like the only way to do this is on the right side of of Birdo and have the conveyor belt taking you into the wall. But in that case. The fucking if you don't catch the fucking if you don't land on the fucking egg, it's gonna bounce off the wall and hurt you. You know, so it's just it was right. so brutal, man. I mean, so, so there's a very small space where you can stand at a reasonable distance from Birdo and hope right. to jump and catch an egg, and also avoid the bounce back yep. from the wall. Yeah, yeah, and yeah that's and, yeah, and then you're on the conveyor belt trying to throw it back at him. You know, and right. his natural place would always be a little bit further from the wall. Than you could fucking be, uh, or then you would, you know, just run prefer up, to be right. Well, where you would, it would, you know, run you up against. So like, and he would be a little further back. So you couldn't just stand against the wall and fucking throw it from there and hit his ass with any uh, reliable, uh, uh, with any reliability. So yeah, it was brutal, man. It was really tough. And actually, the, the first time I did beat his ass, and of course, you know, when you get through something you had to fucking safe scum load a million times for, <laughs> you're like, you know, your heart's beating, and you're like fucking terrified of fucking it up. <laughs> so uh, you you come out of that like you you basically kill him and he gives you a key, and that's also the only time that happens that you kill Birdo and you get a key and you take so you take the key through this door and it's between the door you come out of from Birdo and the door you have to use the key for are these two uh, they're like it's just one blocks uh, single block situations that are. I guess three blocks up from the ground, so you can't walk under them. Hmm. And if you you can you can't like it, to jump over them entirely and not stay on the block for a second requires like perfection. Uh, and they're so close together that even if you do that, you're going to land between them and have to perfectly time a duck to not have the the, the fast flying sparks around the single blocks. Uh, hit you, you know, so it's oh, okay. a, a really brutal situation, and I, of course, was down to one fucking life at this point, and I sure enough fucking died uh, the first time I did it, and I was just like, oh my god, like, yeah, and I, and I didn't think the save state 
because I didn't know that those were there. Uh, I assumed that the, the area to the key was fucking, you know, not, nah, I should have known better, <laughs> but not a terrible gauntlet sure. uh, after beating that impossible Birdo. Uh, so, yeah, the first time I did it, I got fucked out of it and had to do it again, and that, that hurt a lot. Imagine if you didn't have save states. I mean, how bad would it have hurt then? I mean, Jesus. I probably would. Yeah, that's that's smash your Nintendo situation, dude. That's the, the episode ends here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, hard. Uh, so they, if you once you do it, and you do get to that fucking little spark bullshit. You go into the crystal area, and it made me breathe a huge sigh of relief because they do not throw another birdo at you, thankfully. Mm. So it's just the unguarded crystal situation, and when you so you pick the crystal up, and in this case. And like this is another situation. Like I didn't, it, it wasn't so seared into my my uh, uh, unapplied knowledge base that I knew it before I picked the crystal up. But once it happened, I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's right. But you pick the crystal up, and the mass gate attacks you. Oh okay. It does not just open up. So yeah, right. of course, of course it does. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so there's 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 two mushrooms at the beginning here, which is it's a three hit situation. So you you know you. You got to use ones you've already hit it with, and it's it does this kind of like subtle swooping motion, flying back. You were gonna say swoopy. Yeah, and it flies back and forth, and it can be ducked under if you're lucky, but uh, it is not an easy battle at all. Okay. Four four or five tries it took me probably. Uh, My dog was terrified of me the whole time I was playing this Mm -hmm. this part, and yeah, so you kill it, and it dies just like like after it dies, it becomes wherever it's at when you kill it, it becomes a bird gate, you know, so okay. that's kind of cool that you, once you kill it, it just right, instead of like, I don't know, it could disappear and then a new one could uh, uh, appear where it originally was, but you have to go through it wherever you kill it, which is kind of cool. You've beaten this thing into submission. Right, yeah, and now you can use it as intended. Right. Uh, so yeah, so you go through that fucker and then you are at your ultimate boss battle for the game, Wart. And okay. the instruction manual description of Wart is he is the most mischievous of all the world or of all in the world of dreams, he created monsters by playing with the dream machine. <laughs> all right, uh, fun description, I guess, to some degree. And he so he's on an elevated surface to the right, uh, as they kind of all are, and he shoots these bursts of bubbles at you, maybe five or six of them, out of his mouth at uh, an, incre- an, an incrementally decreasing velocity. So they kind of like fly out and kind of like peter out, so it creates. Uh, kind of an arc of like raining down projectiles at you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, below. So the reason that's significant is because the way you get your projectiles is these big tubes. There's three of them uh, that are on the ground below his arc of projectile, his, his projectile arc, and they will shoot out vegetables. And you got to catch the vegetable while the bubbles are raining down above you. And kind of stay between them. And sometimes you get what you really got to do is learn to just like not get in this vegetable. I got to let that one go, you know? And that's right. Yeah. It takes yeah. a great deal of discipline. It's like when we're playing RBI baseball and you're like, stop swinging that. I'm like, fucking <laughs> yep. uh, it's tough. You go into it very offensively minded. It's a really hard thing to, to break the habit of. So right. that's what you got to do. Learn to let things, let, let a vegetable go and let it fight another day. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, yeah, catch the veggie and then throw it back to him. While his mouth is open, and his mouth only opens to shoot those projectiles. So anytime right. you're throwing, you're trying to hit him, it is while you're also dealing with those bubble projectiles. You're about to be under fire. Right. So that, that of course, compounds the difficulty a incredible deal. And they did at least add a new music ditty. 
the cheese tactic, again, having learned it from the, it was, I mean, shooting it, getting it over those bubbles is hard as fuck. Because <laughs> the bubbles fly out at, at a very, like, a you know, a, there's very little, uh, 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 there's no, it is not a steep trajectory at all. So there's okay. no, they are like coming at you, man. So like the place you got to get to, to hit just his little mouth, you know, it's not even his whole body, just the little mouth area of his sprite uh is, is rather small and getting that timed upright was very, very tricky to say the least so right. until i until it dawned on me like oh i'll go try that down by the thing right in front of him or uh the down down in front of him thing it was seemed like it was not gonna happen but uh you get down there yeah and you can kind of like basically it's still it, that's how that's how you know it's a tough boss because even the cheese tactic was not easy <laughs> uh but basically if you if you had timed it right and you could you could line up with his fucking shot path. You could jump up and get it underneath the flight pattern uh, and hit his ass. And you would still have to because even in stand that space, his last bubble would hit your ass. So you have right. to fucking do that and then frantically run your ass over and find a soft spot in the offensive uh, of the th- as of the things coming down and and find the safe space between them and then run back to your cheese spot. You know, so right. Uh, it was yeah, it was it was an elaborate sequence of fucking uh, boss battle mechanic that is uh, every bit the challenge and satisfying accomplishment that you want it to be. You know, so bravo to Nintendo. Uh, it was without a doubt a, a tough final boss battle, and you kill his ass. And uh, I, I did record it, so the boss battle uh, video uh, link will be in the show notes. Uh, um, yeah, very satisfying. He like it required six hits, so you know, fucking oh, six. Okay. Yeah, not three. So it was it was uh, a rather long, <laughs> even cheesing it, a rather long fucking battle. You know, so it's tense. You know, right. Um, so yeah, so it's fucking that's that's the bat the boss battle, and then uh, you you get one of the, after he dies, you get one of the those perspective light doors appears underneath him, uh, beneath the warp platform, and you have to man. I thought it was I, I noticed this that you have to manually enter it. And not, you know, usually most games put you on autopilot when you beat the final boss, you know, if there is right. some thing that your character, your, your sprite is going to do, usually it's an autopilot situation. Uh, and that was not the case here. You have to, you can stand there as long as you want, you know, and revel, I guess, <laughs> in the after victory. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, and the, yeah, you have to walk to the door, go through it. And you, when you do that, you enter a room uh, with a jar center mass and there's a cork stuck in it. And this, it does put you on autopilot for this, but you, you walk over, you yank the cork out of the jar, and a bunch of little creatures come flying out that looked a little reminiscent of the Amazon CEOs, uh, the, the, the flying shy guy thing. Flying guys, right. So, uh, but not exactly. They, you know, it looks like, you know, if they, I, I, it never says that's what happened here. Uh, but like in Sonic the Hedgehog, how like all the enemies, all the all the little creatures that you let out of those tanks at the end of the levels mm. are supposedly the things that Dr. Robotnik has turned into the enemies you fight throughout the stage, you know? Right, which makes it really fucking sad. Yeah, it is sad. And I and I got the I got the vibe that these guys were supposed to represent a again, similar dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, my artistic interpretation is that these guys represented uh, the commoners that had been turned into all these baddies that you fight in Dream World throughout the game. 
Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then your sprite does this kind of like celebratory hopping amidst the formate, like the 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 things fly out and kind of create this circle formation around you, and your sprite jumps up and down and kind of celebrates with them, which is fun and festive, and it then cuts to a crowd scene where all four heroes, uh, Mario, Luigi, Princess Toad, are all up on a platform above a crowd of the thing, like they're on the ground, like uh, the things you let out of the jar are in this kind of crowd at the bottom of the screen. Mm. And they're like cheering and shit and yelling up at you. And they're uh, Wart, Wart's corpse. He's like, his, his eyes are, he's got like that KO'd look in his eyes right. that uh, tunes often have. And he is kind of being crowd, so he crowd surfs across the screen. Uh, his core, or rather, his corpse is crowd surfed across the, across the screen uh, from left to right uh, below you as everyone screams and shit, which was, you know, like <laughs> I don't know, kind of intense for. Uh, yeah, that's for, pretty morbid. Yeah, for a cartoon fucking uh, victory celebration. It's like almost like a Roman triumph, except <laughs> yeah, it's fucking yeah, just drag the body through the fucking the streets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then after that, it it. Uh, uh, after war cruises through, or maybe while war is cruising through, it gives you it. it uh, there's some text appears above your head, and it, it tells you um, this is like the lead contributor or something to that effect. And it actually gives you the number of stages for each character that you play, like or as that you played each character as rather. Oh sure. So, okay. Yeah, so it's 20 stages total. Luigi had a 20 above him. Everyone else had a zero. You know, which was I thought was a cool touch. Right. Yeah, that actually is cool. But then everybody else gets to stand up there and fucking take Luigi's nope. praise. Yeah, they, they, they had no, uh, they did not add to the value of the group. So it cuts from there to, and this is the iconic thing that everyone talks about in this game and the significance of the story world uh, in the overall lore of the Nintendo Mario lineage, uh, or lore lineage rather. And it cuts to Mario asleep in bed, and he's just, you know, he's got a little hat on, covers pulled up tight to his chin and a thought above a uh, thought bubble above him has kind of like a crude uh, version of the procession we just watched happening in it. You know, right. Like, okay. Pedestal and the fuckers below him and Wart and all that. I think Wart's in there in that part too. And the bubble disappears. One of his eyes opens for a second and he uh, just goes back to sleep. And the the insinuation there is, was it all a dream? And, you know, did, did, right. did this actually happen or was it just some crazy shit that he thought of? You know, uh, and then over that, that screen stays up and the end credits roll over it while Mario sleeps soundly, which is cool. A nice touch. Uh, very cinematic, you know, uh, I, I love end credit sequences that aren't that don't cut to a black card. Uh, or I don't know. It depends on the tone of the movie, of course. Sure. But, uh, the uh, in movies where it fits, it's a nice touch where the the, the end credits roll over some sort of visual, uh, narratively re- uh, relevant thing going on. You know, um, particularly in the case of this is like the end. It's peaceful now. Everything is great. Uh, it, it very much conveyed that emotion, and uh, that's not always accomplished by video games, particularly this early on. You know, so right. did a good job of that. And the end credits are cool. They they roll. They do a cast segment where you get like these white outlines of every single hero and then uh it goes into the developer credits and the enemies too so like it will it goes through every enemy that's in the instruction booklet basically bosses included and gives okay. you, again kind of the names um and i wish i i can't remember and the like i say i i screenshotted this and, and uploaded this video too uh, maybe as part of the boss battle i don't know i can't remember but the uh 
I don't think I caught the part that had Birdo because I'm not sure if Birdo was wrong in that part too, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm curious whether it lined up with the instruction booklet and Birdo being mislabeled too, you know, as Oscar. Right. Probably. I bet it. I bet it does. Uh, that would be my guess. So yeah, developer credits are cool too. And then you get a, it says the end at the end, um, and it actually will stay up as long a doubt or uh, uh, it will stay up rather as long as you want it like it does not end and then go back to the title screen you know which again is a nice touch uh it adds to the i don't know significance of it to some degree makes it less trivial sure so that it's without a doubt a top shelf nes incred sequence uh remember we did we just if if we had if we had remember we we picked the uh whatever whatever, the howard awards or nestor awards or the fuck they were called in the last Mm -hmm. issue uh i think if i had seen this i i would without a doubt uh, giving it to Mario too, so. Oh, okay. Uh, with, I mean, no, we, we don't have any governing body, Jeb. Fuck it, I'm changing my sure. change my thing right yeah, here. I was gonna say, what the fuck, stop it. <laughs> Fucking dive in, man. Fucking a. So that is the playthrough of Super Mario Brothers Two on the Nintendo Entertainment System. That was the boss battle theme that you will hear repetitively uh, <laughs> in this game um, when you're battling Birdos and Triglides and shit like this. Mausers, what have you. Mausers, just not, things, just of this, not things of this nature. Just not war. Just not war. Six just Semper Tyrannus war. Right. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to King Lord's Busting Jab. How do you feel? Um, well, although I didn't finish the game, I think think that had more to do with me just being busy um, than not liking the game. I do and I did and do like the game a lot. Um, it's 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 weird to like judge it and everybody has this problem. It's weird to judge it against the other Marios because it's so different and not only it wasn't even like a creative decision like we'll make this one different. It was like fuck it, we'll turn this other game into a Mario. (laughs) So, like, it's hard to, like, hold that either as, like, a strike against it or as a boon for the game. Right. Yeah, and I I, I hold it it as It should not be factored in. I think it should be, yeah. I think that's the biggest problem with people in general, maybe. You should judge (laughs) the final product. Well, yeah, we'll just judge it as, yeah, as it's it's a thing. Like, don't, it shouldn't, it's not a... uh, it shouldn't be viewed in a relative sense to begin with. Uh, I think even if you do judge it in a relative sense, it holds up. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's the way it should be looked at to begin with. And that's kind of such a dumb argument to me. <laughs> right. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, and that's because the reason that I tend to agree with that is because when you play this game, it's fucking awesome. It's a really fun game. Yep. Um, the music's good. The graphics are all good. It controls well. Uh, the players having like individual little differences. Like, I don't know about Mario and Toad, because I don't really fuck with them that much, or I should say I didn't. <laughs> um, but the point is, like, Mario and, I'm sorry, Luigi and Princess are different enough to, like... Affect your they game. They didn't, yeah, they didn't fudge that feature. Yeah. It wasn't sure. like they tried to make it different and they just fucked it up. So, um, you know, everything, all things considered, uh, it's it's hard to argue that this is a fantastic game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's very little. I uh, I wrote down nothing to not like here, really. Uh, I think after talking through this for the last 
two hours an hour or whatever. Uh, there, you know, there are some complaints about there are just some fuck you moments that, you know, maybe could have been navigated a little uh, with some level of like hinting or being able to intuit a solution without just dying a bunch of times, you know, but there's only so much, there's only so much control they can, they can impose on a game at this level of, at this technological level, you know, at, the, at this right. level, the eight-bit level. So, you know, I get that, that that was just the kind of the way difficulty was imposed on you back then is that you Hope fucking you have enough lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you have enough lives. Exactly. Uh, expect to be frustrated. You know, that's kind of just the way it works. So, uh, I don't think that can be really considered all that much of a knock against it. You know, so uh, there's there's not much to not like here. Really, I guess is a, is a, is a corrected version of of what I was initially thinking. And yeah, I mean, it's yeah, the the controls, the graphics, the music, save for some marginal repetitiveness that we talked about. Um, you know, the, the even in that case, like I said, I, it wasn't something I noticed or thought about until over halfway through the game. Well, World yeah. Four, I think, is when I, I jotted that down. So. Because no joke, the music, that overworld theme is fucking great. Yep, for sure. And yeah, there's plenty of challenge in it, as we just touched on, even if it's some sometimes brutal. Um, that's the way a game should be. It shouldn't be a cakewalk. Story is pretty cool. Uh, to some, you know, again, there it's it's a Nintendo game. It's not fucking uh, Shakespeare or anything, but it's <laughs> it, it is. There's there's some level of effort uh, given to that. Even again, if, if it was that story was probably, well, actually, no, that's probably. I didn't. I should have looked up, and I can't believe I didn't. What the actual story of Doki Doki Panic originally was? Oh, right. So, yeah, because I mean, they, you know, they, this this dream bullshit is just how they wedged it into the Mario vernacular. You know, it, it is not. Right. It's not like they ported that part. Of, at least I don't think uh, that part of the the thing. So maybe that's something I'll check out afterwards. I'm curious, but either way, so, uh, some at- some attention of story to to make it fit within the, the Mario universe. You know, and and that could have been something they didn't bother with for sure. So. Uh, that's commendable. Yeah, there's just uh, a ton of like. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to be, you'd probably have to be an asshole to not give a King Lord's blessing. Really, it's <laughs> really the only way. I the only way you could do it is you'd have to be an asshole, and then you'd have to say, compared <laughs> yeah. to Mario one, two, three, and all the others, it's right. blah blah. And now I am, I'm already not listening. Fucking a. So, uh, as probably uh, very little um, drama to it uh, as as people would expect, uh, it gets both our blessings, uh, as it should, and that is our first foray into an, uh, a Nintendo proprietary classic, and I enjoyed it a great deal. Uh, I'm actually pretty pleased. Uh, I was worried that my fucked up voice being uh, marring this episode uh, would be such a letdown, but I think uh, it uh, sounded okay. I think I think I, my, my voice feels better now at the, at the end here. You just really wanted all of Cleveland to know that Jarvis is a cunt. Jarvis, Jarvis is a cunt. I can't. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, that if, if you, if, it's important... That things like that, the people are aware of these things in our society. That's one of our biggest problems, I think, as a society, is that we we are not willing to uh, tell each other the truth and be honest. <laughs> we do find ourselves blindly stumbling through life, right? Because uh, people aren't brutally honest with us, right? And I I have no problem being the whistleblower on something so important as Jarvis Landry being a con. <laughs> okay, well, but the podcast uh, vocal quality did not seem to suffer too much, so it's <laughs> a double much. win for you. Yeah, amazing. Uh, so next up, we will be hitting Team Sega Newsletter number six. Back to the Sega side of things, and that will be our final issue before we do Game Pro, which is sexy. Mm. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Please rate and review, and uh, hopefully in a positive uh, fashion on whatever 
platform you do listen to the pod on. And the website is nyehentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at ISOH podcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod on Facebook. And there's there's a nice little fucking uh, amount of discussion happening on there. It's, it's nice. Like I said, after that, uh, what the fuck was that? Uh, Friday the 13th uh episode we uh, there's, there's some traction there and people are fucking actually engaging now which is it's pretty awesome mm, okay and we were appreciative of that so thank you and the the youtube uh as i said some of the links will already be in the show notes for the videos that are related to this but the youtube uh gameplay video link can be found at youtube.com forward slash my name josh Fullen. and the subreddit is always there also so some fucking interactive interaction happening on that Reddit.com forward slash R forward slash ISOH pod. And finally, Jab, what are your socials? Uh, well, I don't have any socials. I don't even really check my Bumble or Tinder anymore. Got over that pretty quickly. <laughs> um, so if you guys want to contact me, you're just going to have to write me a fucking letter like a grown up. Yeah, yeah. And what's the address for that? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I should give out. Fuck it. Um, it's. <laughs> It's MPO box 0031, and that's in Oberlin, Ohio, and the zip code is 44074. Uh, that'll be sent to... No, 44074, is that what you said? I said 44074. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and just send that to uh, ISOH pod uh, care of Jeff Burns. Yeah, attention Jeff Burns. Six to eight uh, weeks later, <laughs> you'll get a response. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, we, we hung out with... Uh, uh, Tony, who we mentioned here, one of my uncle's friends, uh, for the Browns Bills game yesterday, and he was harping on on you constantly, on Jab constantly about getting a Twitter or something, uh, which was hilarious. So yeah, no, the, I, the last thing I need is a Twitter, and the last thing any of you need is a Twitter. <laughs> Get rid of it. It's too uh, easy. You should have to write a letter with some character, like a grown up. Yeah, and it's funny because it's just that's just a micro I, 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 one of my most um. One of the things I want most out of this now it's a developing uh, bonus or a develop developing uh, desire out of as we as we as we do this this pod uh, is yes uh, if and when the popularity for the podcast grows to a point where people are <laughs> like clamoring uh, for you to interact with you uh, and like I love the idea of this beginning to happen digitally but it w- it was the first instance even if only in jest by Tony because he listens and he knows that is a thing and he's our friend uh, <laughs> that he was doing he was chiding you in person uh, all day yesterday about it it, it was it, it's a microcosm of what could be <laughs> right which doesn't really excite me um, not necessarily and if you people out there are clamoring to communicate with me please help yourself and find a better life yeah. just find yeah, something you, to do you, you, you know you never know your artistic interpretations and stuff like I said Tony even even in, jokingly Tony's things about it were very much uh, you know like when he has criticisms like people, people that's why people want to talk to people is so they can tell you you're wrong mostly so. sure that's how you get the fastest answer on the if you have a question on the internet there's that theory. I don't remember what they call it, but if you need an answer on the internet, the quickest way you can get one is post the wrong answer. Right. Instead of just asking, so if it's yeah. two plus two and you're like, that's five, people are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like other, but if you had been like, oh, well, here's how addition actually works, blah, blah, blah. You're never going to get a fucking response. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't have any fucking socials in either of <laughs> you. My Twitter is J-O-S-H-F-O-L-A-N, uh, my name, and the my Instagram is my shift key is broke. 
And that is this episode. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.